This is The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. They're running a strange program, y'all. Now, here's Frank Morano. go to the place where I'm room temperature, I will eat up so much real estate here in talk time. You give it up, I take it. That's my motto here since returning to WABC just five days after I lost the general election to Eric Adams. And boy, after listening to uh, Dominic Carter there for the hour, the callers were slamming out of town Adams. That's his new nickname. Out of town, Adams. I mean, slamming him. Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan. And if you notice, I don't ever take any time off. And you know damn well. There's one thing you could have bet on. That if I had been lucky enough to have been elected mayor over Eric Adams, there's no way I'd be taking any time off. Not to Qatar for the World Cup. And not, that's right, Eric Adams, to uh, Montego Bay in Jamaica where you were for three days. No sense lying about it. Check out where Cardi B was. Oh, she was in Jamaica with all the other hip-hop monsters. And because you call yourself the hip-hop mayor, you wanted to be with them. Not with us freezing on Tukasov. And then for all of you out there in the Rockaways and in Broad Channel and Howard Beach, you underwater, right? Hey, you voted for me. That's why you got no play from Eric Adams. Hey, you're all a bunch of crackers out there anyway, including our own Sid Rosenberg. Oh, my run, oh, my, this Frank Marano, if he's got a, what a nudge. What a nag. He keeps saying, well, keep reminding everybody that uh, the reason I'm not on the air now is because I'm substituting for, for, for Sid Rosenberg in the morning from 6 to 10. Well, let me give you some advice, having done this for 35 years in talk radio. You don't give your real estate up to nobody. You do your four, and then you do their four. The moment you start giving up your turf, your territory, your imprint on radio, a nationally syndicated talk program from coast to coast, that's a mistake. Rookie mistake. But then again, Frank uh, Morano is a rookie. Uh, you know, look, he's JV compared to me, right? I'm varsity. With a few different V's for varsity. I have no idea what's going on. Yeah, I know you know. You never should have done that, Frank. You should have told him, I'll do my four, one to five, as I do Monday through Fridays, the other side of midnight, and then I'll take an hour, you know, recover while... Uh, 
We go that whole news hour with Deb Washington or whoever's substituting for her this week. Uh, Deb Valentine, I'm sorry. And then come back and do the four, the Sid Rosenberg four, Sid Rosenberg and friends. But never, ever, ever give up your real estate. It reminds me that uh, the other side of midnight, I do the weekend uh, side of midnight. I call it the better side of midnight. Uh, Saturday mornings from 12 midnight to 6 in the morning, and then Sunday mornings from 12 midnight to 6. And I got to tell you, uh, a decision was made by the director of imaging for WABC, a person of no consequence, Chris Libertini. He decided to knock me out of the box for six hours right after midnight mass when I generally do the whole annual seven fishes, the Italian tradition, right, of the seven fishes. People coming home from the midnight mass, freezing their tuchuses off, and they turned on the radio, and what did they get? Christmas music that wasn't even the best. You could have gotten it somewhere else. And I even had a caller from Clifton, New Jersey, Tony, who said she was so appalled that I wasn't on, not because I didn't want to be on, they wouldn't let me be on, that she turned on the Yule Log that was burning on WPIX Channel 11, you know, with nothing going on. Hey, that will never happen again, I promise all of you, ladies and gentlemen. And I got to really straighten everybody out here. You know, since I returned from the mayoral election, and oh boy, many of you having your doubts now, one year into Mayor Adams' mayoralty, guaranteed you I would not have been missing an action. But more importantly... I have gone from zero rating points, zero advertising dollars. Now I'm number two at the station. Number two only to Sid Rosenberg in the morning. And I'm moving up on him. It may take me another year or so. I will pass him by. Because one thing I've learned after 35 years is this is the most intimate form of broadcasting that has ever been created on the radio. And damn you, Elon Musk, you're not going to stand in my way or my colleagues' way as you have ordered on the assembly line of Tesla that is crashing and burning as we speak that they take all AM radios out of the brand new cars. Likewise, GM, Chrysler, Ford have followed. Hyundai, Toyota have followed. And the European uh, manufacturers have followed. They are removing AM radio. Out of their brand new cars on the assembly line. That's war. War to me. Because we're broadcasting from the 50,000 powerful watts of sound. The number one news talk station in the nation. I know they say don't mention it. I'm proud we're WABC. And I know there are other stations down the line. But this is the mothership. Without the mothership, there is no broadcast. And we got a crackerjack... Engineer Dan Herschel, who was over at Bada Bing. That's right, the same strip club in The Sopranos. It's called Satin satin Sheets or whatever the hell it is. Oh, how would you know it's Satin Dolls here, huh? Matt Blaze, you are the fugitive with multiple aliases. He knew right away what it's, it's called in real life. Normally, Dan Herschel is getting lap dances and brumskis at... Uh, Satin sheets or whatever it's called. 
And he has to climb the tower tonight because he's got a little hammer in his hand. He's got to knock the ice off of the disqualificator in order for us to be able to broadcast the 38 states, parts of Canada, parts of Europe, and right on down to Davy Jones's locker between the Bahamas, free of the FTX Bitcoin thief. Who's now at home with his mommy and daddy in Palo Alto on $250 million bail put up. Mommy, they want to lock me up forever. They should. 150 years, you stole $32 billion. And then, of course, Bermuda. Bermuda was the very first place in which the number one DJ of all time. That's right, Cousin Brucie, a.k.a. Bruce Morrow, got his very first job. Wasn't anywhere in the United States. It was in Bermuda. And then he just blew up. He blew up as he dominated uh, top 40 across the nation. But I will tell you, there is so much going on. There's never a, a dull moment. There's never, you know, I hear some of my colleagues say, oh, it's a light news day. Light? What do you mean light? There's always news going on. There's always things to talk about. And what I want to talk about this this Christmas season, this Hanukkah season. Last night at Hanukkah, right? And now we work our way to um, New Year's. And then the Epiphany, right? January 6th, Three Kings Day. And then what some of the Orthodox Christians celebrate, which is Eastern Orthodox Christmas on January 7th. Did I cover all bases, ladies and gentlemen? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-9222. Well, we're grinding out our support for Zelensky, who came to the United States to give a speech to both houses of Congress and to meet with country Joe Biden and get more money from us. Uh, but it's so interesting that the Ukrainian Orthodox Church has now decided to move their Christmas from what is normally January 7th, 13 days away from the Roman Catholic Christian, the Protestant Christmas, which is, of course, the day we just completed, December 25th. Now, why would you want to do that and create now a religious war? I mean, you used to follow the Russian Orthodox Church as about one-third of all the Orthodox Christians in the world. Okay, you broke ranks with them. I get it. You're at war with Putin. By the way, they have another CIA report, Criminals in Action, that Putin is using westernized drugs to keep himself alive in order to get his cancer in remission. Another bull feathers report from the CIA that has never been right since the Bay of Pigs. And then, of course, the invasion of Iraq of Saddam Hussein looking for the weapons of mass destruction that we're still looking for. They are full of bulls. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. But I cannot for the life of me understand. You're, we already have the world now involved in this war that Putin launched against Zelensky, and it continues to grind forward. And more and more resource is being required and requested by Zelensky. Uh, The Russians obviously have saddled up to the Ayatollahs in Iran who still have riots going on in the streets of their urban uh, cities. And they're getting more and more help from the Iranians. And no doubt, backdoor through North Korea from the Red Chinese. 
And so, to add insult to injury, the Ukrainian Orthodox Church has declared that it will celebrate its uh, Christmas on the day that just passed. Like the Catholics and the Protestants, right? <laughs> they start wars over this. Oh, that's right. We're already in a war there. That's right. We're going to grind on and on. And I'm saying to myself, hmm. So here it is. Instead of thinking that it's January 7th, what what, what calendar? I'm trying to remember. What was that? The Gregorian calendar, the Julian calendar. I think it was the Julian calendar. Who knows? I used to get free calendars like all of you, right, at your job. They give you a free calendar. You think I knew it was the Gregorian calendar or the Julian calendar? It was a calendar. And some of you guys would have nude women in your calendars, so you would barely pay attention to the days of the month. You'd be looking at the uh, drop-dead gorgeous women with no clothes on. Be honest. If I was to say to you, hey, by the way, that Playboy calendar you got, is that a Julian calendar or is that a Gregorian calendar? And you say, what the hell are you talking about? 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. So let me get this straight as we run through this whole religious gauntlet here. If you believe the Roman Catholic and Protestant way, and I think the Greek Orthodox believe this now, too, December 25th being the uh, birth of Christ. Uh, I think they've broken ranks with the other Eastern Orthodox. I mean, I get vertical thinking about all of this. Like, who cares, right? You mean to tell me you know exactly the day that Jesus Christ was birthed? Of course not. And so they would fight the line of demarcation, right? East versus West. The Vatican, where the Pope was infallible. Never been infallible. The Pope puts puts his pants on one leg at a time, right? Is he infallible? Of course not. And in fact, this Pope, Francis, who is closer to Che Guevara than he is to Jesus Christ, who used to be a bouncer outside of a strip club in Buenos Aires, should retire at 83 like like the former German shepherd, right? Remember, they, they picked, uh, who did they pick? The Pope from Germany, right? A uh, youthful Nazi or whatever the hell he was originally. Oh, Madonna, this church, church of mine. What a piece of work. So anyway, I'm trying to figure this out. We have uh, the Epiphany coming up, Three Kings Day. Although I never really was taught about Three Kings Day. I was just taught there were three wise men who showed up 12 days after Jesus Christ's birth. And remember, we were told... There's no room in the inn for Joseph the carpenter, Mary, and Jesus. So they had to be out, out there in the barn uh, with the sheep and all the other barn animals. So I remember I was going to St. Matthew's Elementary School. It was the Josephite nuns. These were the Irish nuns. In fact, they have their retirement home out in Brentwood, Long Island, next to Central Islip. I visited there them one time, and I remember we were talking about the three wise men arriving 12 or 13 days after Christmas itself, and we called it the Day of Epiphany. Other people call it uh, Three Kings Day. And uh, the three wise men, or as I called them, the three wise guys, they were up there. I remember they were on a picture, and it looked like Persians, except one of the guys was clearly black. And I remember the class was divided 
about one-third of the class were African-Americans. The other third were the Cubans who were escaping Cuba, who were settling in that area of Crown Heights. And, of course, the Irish, uh, the Irish who were beginning to flee from there. At that time, the Reformed Jews lived in the area of Crown Heights, and they were being replaced by the Lubavitches, the Black Hats, the Hasidim. And I remember, and correct me if I'm wrong, ladies and gentlemen, there's the three kings, the three wise men, they're coming from the east, or as I remember it, the Orient. Now, I can't call somebody from the east Oriental. That's considered discriminatory, and we're going to go through a whole laundry list of words that are faux pas now later on in the show to the break of dawn. That's right. Oh, that's right. Another reminder. Could you please remind everybody that I, Frank Morano, will be substituting for Sid Rosenberg in the morning from 6 to 10. Sid and friends. Ared already. Go take care of Carmine, huh? Go burp him a few times. Wow, what a nag. This guy, man. So let me get back on track. So we got uh, from the Orient. Can I say that? From the East, right? The three wise men, I don't know how wise they were, you know, coming from east to west, whatever. Didn't Columbus do that? Yeah, remember? He had the Nina, the Pinta, the Santa, and the Maria, the four ships from Isabella and King Ferdinand when they launched the Inquisition to kill all the Jews, either leave or you die. And it turns out we think Columbus from Genoa was a Jew. So no wonder why he wanted to get the hell out of there. Uh, See, I got vertigo here. I got vertigo. So we have the three wise guys, and they're coming to visit the baby Jesus. They're following a star. Now, if you've ever looked up in in the darkness of night, before there was all this pollution, there's like 53 million stars up there, right? The little Milky Way, the big Milky Way. How did they know which star to follow? Did they have their Boy Scout compass? And they're coming all the way from Persia, which we now know is Iran. And they're following this star, and it leads them to the baby Jesus in the manger with Mary and the carpenter Joseph and all the barn animals, the sheep and everyone else. And they come with presents. How did they know to bring presents? Anyway, they came with uh, gold. We know what that's for. They came with... um, I'm trying to think. What were the different things that they brought? There was the gold, the mirth, the mirth. Now, what the hell is mirth? That's like embalming fluid. You know, when you really have pain, instead of taking fentanyl, you take mirth. Does anybody out there know what the hell mirth is? 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. And then the black guy, who was part of the three wise guys, the three kings from the Orient. Can I say Orient while I'm saying it? Because that's the way it was described to me by Irish nuns, Josephite nuns, who were married to Jesus. They had the ring. Don't tell me they were wrong. But they brought, what was that, Frankenstein? What was that, the third thing? No, no, frankincense. Now, hopefully that wasn't like turlet water, you know, like some of the guys will put on. They'll put on that Old Spice, that high karate. Oh, they stink. You know, that that, that perfume. Uh, what the hell is frankincense? And then all of a sudden, oh, man. I'm confused now. And then January 7th, the real Eastern Orthodox are the ones who claim to be followers of Russian Orthodox Christian faith out of Moscow... 
and not out of Constantinople, the Greek Orthodox, which is in Turkey. Oh, man, my head is going round and round now. And then you got the Serbian Orthodox, you got the Romanian Orthodox, and they wear these real nasty-looking hoods, black hoods, and make them look like the black-hooded KKK. I'll never forget. There I was. But John Katsimatidis himself, we had traveled to Havana because Fidel Castro at that time behind his sugarcane curtain wanted to show he was open-minded to religion. So he invited the uh, head of the Greek Orthodox Church to come to christen a basilica, a basilica, you know, for all the Orthodox, Eastern Orthodox that were in Cuba. None. None. Yeah, there were like five Jews left. There was a synagogue there. I remember we saw that. A bunch of drunk Russians who decided not to leave Cuba when all of a sudden Fidel, excuse me, uh, Nikita Khrushchev said, we're taking our uh, nuclear warheads out of there, you know. We're taking them out because JFK has taken his nuclear warheads out of the border between Turkey and Russia. And that's it. And he left behind a few drunken Russians. But they were no, not religious. So he said, oh, I, I want a basilica, Greek, Greek Orthodox. And all the Orthodox came on on. They were the Russian Orthodox from Pennsylvania Avenue. They tried to recruit me. They tried to get me to convert. That church, you know, with the, uh, what are you, the Onion Dome or the Russian Orthodox, right in the middle of East New York. What the hell? There may be like four Russian Orthodox in all of that area. And they had a whole big church there. How are they even getting broken into? Because you break into one of their churches. You know, all they have are tapestries. There's no statues. There's no gold. There's no ornaments. All there are are tapestries. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. And then they talk about the baptism of Jesus when he became a young adult there in the River Jordan by St. John the Baptist. Have you ever Have you ever seen the River Jordan? Have you ever been to Israel? Have you ever seen... I've been there, a little trickle, with garbage and flotsam and jetsam and sewage. And I said, this is the River Jordan. And as an Israeli told me, originally from Russia, he said, if we ever have Armageddon here, it's not going to be over oil. It's going to be over water. Between us, the Jordanians, the Syrians, in the Becca Valley... With the Lebanese, it's water, water, water. I looked at the River Jordan there where Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist, and I said, you're kidding. It's a little trickle there of Flotsam and Jetsam. What happened to the rushing waters of the River Jordan? And that's when I realized this is all theater of the mind. That's the kind of radio I do. Because if I were to suddenly tell you the River Jordan was just a little trickle of sewage water, Flotsam and Jetsam with garbage on both sides... You would be so depressed. I know some of you are depressed that Frank Morano is not here, right? Uh, one to five, Monday through Fridays, the other side of midnight. Well, guess what? Man up and woman up, I'm here, right? The better side of the other side of midnight. They took six hours from me Sunday morning, six hours I'll never get back. And I am going to take all the real estate available here. And once you give it to me, I don't give it back. Because I am an Indian giver. Oh, no. Am I permitted to say that? Or is that considered racist? By the way, ladies and gentlemen, why did we create that term Indian giver? 
What relevance did that have? I, I remember people would be telling me as a kid, you don't want to be an Indian giver. I would repeat that over and over like a parrot. Like a lot of my colleagues in talk radio repeat the same three things in talk radio. Joe Biden sucks. Donald Trump has fallen off his horse. And uh, the new star on the block is De Sanctimonious. Uh, I can hear that all day long, all day long. It's like I, I, I hear the echo in a chamber in the tunnel. It's like acapella and doo-wop combined. I say to myself, it's not the type of radio that I'm going to be doing. Our numbers: one 800 That's one 800 wabc if some of you are wondering, oh, where's Frank Morano? Well, he decided not to be with you because he'd rather be doing the morning show in just a few hours. And guess what? I say oofa. I'd rather be with you. 1-800-848-9222. I have no idea what's going on. It's The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. Frank Morano. Padre, Filio, Spiritu, Santo. So let me try to figure this out in the church that I was birthed into, but they give me Ajita, the Roman Catholic Church. So I'm hearing from pro-life people, and I'm not pro-life, I'm pro-choice. I know a lot of you are going to get upset with that, but look, I'm uh, pro-choice, I'm not pro-life. But uh, Pope Francis who should retire at 83, has decided to bump one of the leaders of the anti-abortion movement, remove him from the priesthood. That means he's defrocked. Frank Pavone. I don't really know him that well. I know he's hardcore. He's a Trumper. I know he's appeared on a lot of programs. And, I mean, this guy is like hardcore pro-life. Okay, look, I don't agree with him. But that's what the Roman Catholic Church is. It's pro-life. So the Pope, who, again, is closer to Che Guevara than he is to Jesus Christ, defrocks this guy for being uber pro-life. And then we got this priest, a Jesuit priest there at the Vatican, a very dear friend, I might add, of Pope Francis, who apparently was having menage a trois with nuns. That's right, he was convincing nuns to have sex with them by telling them that they would be replicating the three-way relationship among God the Father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. This guy was telling them that. So the nuns come forward starting in 1994, and they say, man, this guy's a pig. This guy's a porno guy. Following a Vatican investigation, the claims of the women about this Jesuit priests were found to be true, right? You figured they're going to get rid of him, right? They're going to defrock this guy. Not the guy who's pro-life, this guy. Well, all of a sudden, they had second thoughts. The Vatican's Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith excommunicated this priest in May of 2020, then suddenly lifted that order the same month and declined to prosecute him even after nine other nuns came forward to say he tried to entice me in menage a trois by telling me that if we could replicate the three-way relationship amongst God the Father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, that would be our pathway through the pearly gates 
St. Peter in heaven. They kept this priest. (laughs) They first kicked him out, defrocked him, and then within a month they brought him back. The congregation, which is headed by Jesuits, said the cases fell outside the statute of limitations and were too old to prosecute because they mainly took place in the 1990s. So the Vatican is saying that everything these nuns said about this uh, Jesuit priest is true. He's a perv, a total perv, trying to engage them in menage trois, threesomes, and that he was using the rationale again. I mean, how, how utterly despicable can you be that by having a menage a trois, a threesome with him, that it would replicate the three-way relationship amongst God the Father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm trying to figure this out. This guy gets to stay, but the uber-pro-life guy, of which I don't agree, but obviously if you're in the Catholic Church, that is their doctrine, you know, pro-life, they kick him out, Frank Vaughn. How do you figure that out? Why? Because Frank doesn't kiss the Pope's tuchus. He doesn't believe in infallibility. You know, this crazy notion that actually caused the line of demarcation, the separation from West and East. Because we had this notion that the Pope could do no wrong. That somehow Jesus Christ was speaking through the Pope. Have you ever heard some of these popes speak? The German pope, remember? They called him the German shepherd. What was he doing as a young juvenile delinquent? He was a young Nazi for Hitler, manning the Akak guns over Hamburg. Shoot down the Americans and the Brits. Oh, what a fight. Out of all the people, you had to pick him to be pope. And notice he retired. First pope ever to retire. Hey, Francis, get the hint. It's time for you to go. Oh, that's right. Argentina, haven for Nazis. That's right. Eichmann. Padre, Filio, Spiritu, Santo. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Joel, who is calling from the borough that has birthed Frank Morano. Your turn to be heard here, Joel. Merry Christmas, Curtis. I am mad as hell with WABC for not having you on the radio last night. I turn on the radio, I'm hearing Christmas music where it was garbage. What's wrong with John Casamitidis? Nothing wrong with him. He was not aware of this. This was not a decision by Chad Lopez, president of our parent operation, Red Apple Media. This is the end of the year, and they're having a get the books ready, you know, and performance guidelines, all that. So they're knee deep in that kind of stuff, like all businesses. So they delegated this to uh, the director of imaging, a guy named Chris Libertini, who tells me, Joe, he tells me, oh, we don't need you uh, six hours uh, Sunday morning. I said, why not? We got this Christmas extravaganza. And I said, are you kidding? People expect to hear me. They said, no, no, because kids opening up their presents are going to want to hear Christmas music on WABC. Joel, you know that. There are no children listening to WABC. Absolutely. I got it. I, I, I'm going to deal. I'm going to deal with him. Don't worry about it. Chris, the only time a child listens to WABC is when they're in the back seat of the car, right? Hey, put, we're not moving until you put on your seatbelt. And then the kids put it on, 
And then the parents or the grandparents on WABC, could you change that? Could you change that? Shut up and listen. See, then it's required listening. Now, maybe when the child matures, they decide when they're about 55 plus that they're going to listen to WABC. And you know why, Matt Blaze, you who are a fugitive with multi-aliases? Because now they have a house, now they're paying taxes, now they realize how they can't trust any politicians. When they're young and they don't have to pay anything. Oh, let's be FM Velshets. Daddy, 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 turn to FM. Freaking morons, feeble-minded, fornicating madly, free marijuana, Frank Morano and Frank McKay, president of our own FM affiliate, WLIR. That's right, I said WLIR. Don't mention any stations, you know, when you substitute for Frank. People in the rest of the country may get upset. What? That we're broadcasting from the mothership, the number one news talk station in America? That everybody doing a broadcast out there, whether it's a two-watt chicken shack outside of Dubuque, Iowa, wants to work their way to WABC. Don't mention it. It's like a Muslim not mentioning Mecca and Medina, right? Shh. Don't mention that you want to go to Mecca and Medina. Shh. You could be a Shia. Where do you want to go? Mecca and Medina. You could be a Sunni. Where do you want to go? Mecca and Medina. But they tell me, don't don't mention WABC. Like, wow, somebody's really going to get bent out of shape. They're not going to listen. Oh, my God, they mentioned WABC. I've, I've substituted for talk radio programs that were syndicated across the nation for Mark Levin. For Sean Hannity, the rock-ribbed all-American conservative voice of reason from Franklin Square, Long Island. And I would always say, I am broadcasting from the Mothership Connection, WABC, because I'm proud of that. And anybody who doesn't mention that, what are you hiding that for? Well, 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 you you don't think people out there listening on other stations? Yeah, WABC, I grew up. Uh, yeah, knowing how powerful WABC was, spinning stacks of wax top 40 and then talk radio. Hide it. Don't mention it. Shh. Quiet. We may aggravate our affiliates. So what? I aggravate you. You know what you do? You got choice in America. You go to the supermarket. You want to buy ketchups? You got eight different brands of ketchup. You want to buy mustard? You got eight different brands of mustard. You don't like hearing Curtis Lee? Click, click, click. Go listen to something else. Go listen to Christmas music. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-9222. I still ask those questions. Uh, what is uh, Frankenstein? I mean, frankincense. You know, one of the three wise guys brought. And by the way, it was the first time African-Americans were so proud as Catholics. Yet, that's our guy, the black guy. No, that's not Jackie Robinson. That's one of the three kings. He clearly was a black man. No getting away. But then I would tell him, I'd say, yo, the black Madonna, you know, Polish people, we believe that the Blessed Mother was black. Look at the lady of Chester Hove in Doylestown, Pennsylvania. She's black. Look, you go to uh, Krakow, to the cathedral there. She's black. Now, some have said, well, the original uh, painting was damaged in a fire. That's bull feathers. We, from southern Polish heritage, my grandfather Anton, my grandmother Wanda, from the little town of Limanover in the highlands right near the border of Czechoslovakia, dairy country, 
our blessed mother is black. Now, in the north of Poland, they say, no, 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 our blessed mother is white. You see, it's a chasm. It's the schism, the same one that separated the Orthodox Christians from the Roman Catholics who thought the Pope was infallible. And you know what the Eastern Orthodox said? That's crazy. We're breaking away. If I'd have been alive at that time, you think I would have sided with the Roman Catholics and the Vatican? Nope. I'd have been with the Eastern Orthodox. <sighs> Let's go to Lynn, who's calling from Bloomfield. Your turn to be heard here at WABC. Uh, Lynn. Good morning, Curtis. Happy New Year to you. But I have a question for you. Several nights ago, you were talking to a woman named Cindy who had no heat. Do you recall that? Yes, she was from Elkhart, Indiana, with her husband freezing her tuchus off, her boiler. Yes, and, you, and you said you would try to help them, but I never heard the answer. Were you able to help them at all? Well, Lynn, that was uh, su- that was Saturday morning, right, that I was talking to her. But they bumped yeah. me for six hours on Sunday morning for Christmas music, so I couldn't give I you a, an update. I yeah. put out an SOS to Peerless Boilers, great advertiser. Uh, on the Sid uh, Rosenberg morning show, uh, and I'm still waiting because it's the holiday. It's difficult to get people. But, Lynn, I have not right. forsaken Cindy and her husband in Elkhart, the Hoosier that Good. she is, who is freezing her tuchus off and listening to me. Listening, she said, oh, we're, we're freezing to death while we're listening to you, Curtis. And I said, oh, man, what a great uh-huh. compliment. And the very next day, no, Curtis, what are you playing? Oldy moldy Christmas music that, in fact, if I had Spotify, they had better music. Better music. <laughs> so you see, you, Lynn, are, you are you are hilarious. I, I have yes. I have not forsaken Cindy in the heartland of America, Elkhart, oh, right. well, Indiana. Thank you very much. You keep you keep everybody informed because I'm really concerned that perhaps yeah, you, no, you you're the be. one that can solve her problem. You thank be. you very much. Thank you. Thank you. It was a situation involving Cindy and Elkhart, Indiana, not far from South Bend, you know, where Boudicier, 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 Boudicier had been the mayor. I can't say I've been to Elkhart to pass through there, but I have been to South Bend. It's a place I'd rather not go back to. So anyway, uh, boy, she had trouble. The boiler went out. I'm saying, can, can I get a peerless boiler? I don't know if they cover that area. It's such a good company. I could have given an update like 12 hours, uh, 24 hours ago, but they wouldn't let me do it because I had to play, I don't know, where they got that Christmas music from. I mean, Matt Blaze, come on. Man, I'd rather play Christmas music from a jukebox from 1934, the same year they made the March of the Wooden Soldiers. Could I have my March of the Wooden Soldiers? Oh, I need that. I need that Laurel and Hardy, the March of the Wooden Soldiers. And then to be watching it early this morning with my wife make that Sunday morning after we gave our 18 rescue cats their catnip presents. Oh, they were jumping all over the place. And then my wife says to me, Curtis, you know, they claim that it's anti-Semitic and anti-black. I said, what are you talking about? The, you know, the guy who wants to kick the woman out, the old lady in her shoe, uh, he seems to represent a Jewish landlord. I said, hey, what are you talking about? They are seeing things that don't exist. He's a freaking landlord. 
And then all of a sudden, you know, at the end, the Trogliadites who come out, oh, those are black people. No, they're not black. They live underground. Oh, they're black people. It's racist. They're not going to do that to the March of the Wooden Soldiers to me. I was a Hal Roach production. And I remember the first time I saw Mickey Mouse was in that. Yes, on loan from Walt Disney. You know, where you had the cat and the mouse. That mouse was the original Mickey Mouse. And then, of course, <laughs> the three little pigs. And I was on loan from Walt Disney. From the heartland of America, I might add. But a guy who was on tripping out on LSD long before Dr. Timothy Leary was being experimented on by the CIA criminals in action. He ruined that for me. The March of the Wooden Soldier. He's claiming it's anti-Semitic, it's anti-black. <sighs> and then remember, what, what became a Laurel and Hardy, fat and skinny? It led to Ralph Cramden Wright and Art Carney. Right? What, what was it? Right? The number one TV program. And nothing is ever new. It's just recycled. Recycled. Right? Fat and skinny. Laurel and Hardy. Laurel was from England. Hardy was from Georgia. Then led to Abbott and Costello. Right? Costello was from Patterson. I have no idea where Abbott was from, but that was like fat and skinny. And then, of course, the ultimate one, Ralph Cramden and Art Carney in Bensonhurst, Brooklyn, uh, the Honeymooners. See? One big circle just comes around. It worked the first time with Laurel and Hardy. It worked the second time with Abbott and Costello, although they tried to put Costello in jail for not paying his taxes. What a disgraciata! And then, of course, Ralph Cramden, a.k.a. Jackie Gleason and Art Carney. And there he was. I'll never forget. Oh, oh there was Art Carney. He was in the Orange Bowl, 35,000 people. Next to him was Kate Smith and then Anita Bryant, the Tropicana Orange woman, as they were trying to ban my favorite Jim Morrison in the Doors. Why were they trying to ban Jim Morrison in the Doors? Because Jim Morrison had committed some lewd acts on stage in a performance in Miami, went to uh, perform in Europe, and all of a sudden, Jackie Gleason... Kate Smith and Anita Bryan led this pilgrimage, this surge, this attempt to ban Jim Morrison and the Doors from America. And I said, I love you, Ralph Cramden, but you're wrong here. I love you, Kate Smith. God bless America. I'm wrong here. And Anita Bryan, I don't drink Tropicana orange juice, but... Then he goes, oh, oh, here it is, Jim. Let me hear it. Let me hear it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did the same thing in New Haven. Died at 27. Janis Joplin died at 27. Jimi Hendrix died at 27. I stand against you, Ralph Cramden, Jackie Gleason. Stand against you, Anita Bryant. 
and Kate Smith. I stand with you. The Yankees, they scrubbed you in the seventh inning stretch, and it would be scratchiata. But on this one, Kate Smith, you were wrong. Although every morning in Wildwood, New Jersey, even when the Hawk is talking like now, beginning of the day, they play Kate Smith, God Bless America. Right? It was God Bless America. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. I hate you. I hate you, Randy Levine, president of the New York Yankees, for getting rid of that seventh-inning stretch song of Kate Smith. God bless America. That was the will of George Steinbrenner Sr. You violated that. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-W-A-B-C. Side at midnight with Frank Morano. Dominique et Nicanique s'en allaient tout simplement au Dieu, pauvre et chantant. En tout chemin, en tout lieu, il ne parle que du bon Dieu, il ne parle que du bon Dieu. The Flying Nun. À l'époque où j'en sentais, remember up in Bedford Park, Dominique, notre père, there was uh, Mount Saint Ursula. Now, my sister was there, my older sister, Alita, and there, the old French nuns with the big white habits that made it seem like they were going to glide. If there was a heavy wind like the other day, 50 mile an hour, they would have been gliding up there, you know, like drones. Oh, give me, give me that. You know, I took French in junior high school. What a mistake. I don't know, not a damn thing that that nun was singing. I couldn't even order from a French menu now. I should have taken Spanish. Because that's become the number one language now. Forget English. You know, it's a secondary language. you got to talk Spanish, right? Oh, yeah. This was on Ed Sullivan. Yeah. And up next, Topo Chicho, the little Italian mouse, my favorite. Topo, give Eddie some love. Don't kiss that Ed Sullivan. God only knows what kind of STD she could get. You never know back then, weird guys kissing a mouse, right? Hey. Don't ever give up your territory and your turf, Frank Morano. Or Curtis Sliwa takes over the house. See, the nuns, they're chaste. They live an impoverished life. They're married to Jesus. Priests, they got Rolex watches, right? They live in an ostentatious way in their rectory. I never trust the priests. That's why I was a choir boy. Didn't think I was going to be an altar boy, right? I heard what went on there. More wine. No, 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 no. Sorry, Father. I heard about you, pal. I'll be up there with the nuns in the choir. By the way, I wore red then, right? Red for choir boys. Say, Curtis, would you like to be an altar boy? Nope. No, I heard about the priests with altar boys. I'd rather not. I'll stay with the nuns. I'll be a choir boy. Even though you had to have a soprano, you know, a falsetto way up there. That sound like a little girly girly as a little boy or non-binary or whatever they call that now. Anyway, let's go to Linda in Long Island. Uh, your turn to be heard here as the hawk is talking outside, Linda. Hi, Curtis. 
I heard the funniest thing. I couldn't believe it. I put the radio on. It was Friday night, Saturday morning, and I heard these two guys, Curtis and I, I, I'm not sure, was it Broadway Billy? Was that his name? Yeah, Broadway Bill, who's on loan to us from WCBS-FM. He works there the rest of the week, and then he comes over and helps me on the other side of midnight. Well, he helped you. He was the funny. I've never heard anything. He was so great. I kept thinking, then they used to say, let's take this show on the ro- on the road. He, the two of you, that was so funny. I, I couldn't think, believe I it. I think, Linda, like many people, you can't pick one black guy from another black guy. That was uh, That was Avery. Avery was the guy who put together the cuts of Frank Morano in the last week. And I mean, we laugh from beginning to end. It's the funniest hour in radio. We do it every Sunday morning from four to five. Well, bad time. It was unbelievable. I couldn't get over it. It was well, 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 because Linda, Linda, he, he was so great. He was unbelievable. Yeah, well, he see, did that thing. I'm sorry, I'm interrupting, but when he, do you remember when he said that thing about you know Trump was a president and he put out the you know those uh, cards and he said, well, he's going to do that. He said, you know, your your friend said I forgot his name. Um, he said, uh, Frank, everything's about Frank, you know, and he said he's going to put out cards of him of him. Yeah. I, mean, I couldn't believe it. It was so great. Yeah. I'm telling you, uh, Linda, Frank Morano is the show that keeps giving. He gives us so much material. Now, normally, remember, it's Sunday morning, 4 to 5. This is an Avery production. I'm just a contributor. All I do is laugh from beginning to end. It is so funny. And it's everything that Frank Morano has said the previous week. So it's not like we're... We're just letting Frank talk, and then we're just having a, a good belly laugh. It is the funniest hour of radio, I dare say, ever. And it's not because of me. It's Avery. He is our, we don't call it telephone talent coordinator. That is, that, I mean, I would never do that because the Frank Morano telephone talent coordinator is Ken, the runway model who's missing in action tonight, by the way, lost in a, in a pack of snow that's only two feet high. Yo, I can't, I can't drive out of Easton. It's two foot of snow. Oh my, no, 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 no. Avery, he's great. He's the nighttime producer. Saturday mornings, twelve to six. Sunday mornings, twelve to six. We take you to the break of dawn, and uh, he works on it all week. All he does is what all of you should do: listen to Frank Morano religiously, Monday through Friday from one to five. It's the other side of midnight, and he cherry picks the different things that Frank says, and then we just play them back Sunday mornings from 4 to 5, and it is hilarious. I don't think when Frank says it, he understands how funny it is because he's taking himself seriously there. As is I Matt have no Blitz. idea what's going on. Yeah, I know you don't. Oh, that's right. Another reminder, my God. Remind everybody, please, that I'm not on the air tonight, not because I don't want to be with my audience, my nationally, my nationally syndicated audience, but I've been asked to do the morning show, substituting for Sid Rosenberg. Hey, you chose it, Frank. If it were me, like an amoeba, I would have been cut in half. I would have done them both. You never, ever give up your real estate because when you come back, they may have foreclosed on you. When you need 
need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. They're running a strange program, y'all. Now, here's Frank Morano. In 1965, Vietnam seemed like just another foreign war. But it wasn't. It was different in many ways. And so were those who did the fighting. In World War II, the average age of the combat soldier was 26. In Vietnam, he was 19. In, 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 in Vietnam, he was 19. <laughs> yesterday in the heat of the Vietnam War as the song by Paul Hardcastle says average age of those sent to fight was 19 whereas in World War II 25 26 it was 1967 and I was 13 years old and whereas I'm watching uh, accounts on TV as we were being lied to, the body count of the North Vietnamese and the Viet Cong, and that any day we could win the war, this is 1967. Race riots were breaking out in urban America because of the assassination of Martin Luther King Jr., primary one. I'll never forget Newark in 1967 and Detroit, back-to-back, belly-to-belly. I mean, looting, shooting... Endless situations. They had to call the National Guard into Newark too late. And they called the National Guard into Detroit way too late. And why did they do that? Because people went on rampages. They were looting everywhere. I bring this up because I'm looking at Twitter feeds coming out of Buffalo. And I know Buffalo well. I spent a lot of time in Buffalo organizing Guardian Angels years ago over uh, in the Fruitvale section, uh, over in uh, East Buffalo, Bailey Avenue especially. And I'm seeing all these videos. Guys with snowmobiles pulling up to stores, smashing windows and looting. Now, we've been told it's like 40 feet of snow. All fire trucks can't even move. And yet looters are able to move from store to store in urban Buffalo. And state troopers are lying their ass off. They're 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 doing a press conference with Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb, who obviously has uh, blinders on her uh, eyes. 
because they refuse to acknowledge all the looting that's going on, especially in the East End of Buffalo. Refuse to acknowledge it. State troopers have said there's only two incidents of looting, bull feathers, bull feathers. You see women storming this uh, this weave store. I mean, they come out with every wig imaginable. Then the family dollar store, forget about that. They clean that out. Of course, 7-Elevens, Aaron's. They're like, and there's state troopers. There have been only two reports of looting stores. Please, let's not get bent out of shape. And Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb is right next to the commander of the state troopers, who knows nothing about nothing. You want to end the looting? The way you end the looting is the way you've always ended looting when it gets completely out of control. You get the cops their shotguns. You let them cock their shotguns, and you let them, and you, and the words have to come from the governor herself and the commander of the state troopers. If you loot, we shoot. Hell yes. You watch how quick that looting will stop. So think of this. It's three days nonstop of snow, ice, sleet, torrential winds coming off of Lake Erie. And they're already making excuses for people looting. Oh, you know, they ran out of provisions in their house. What do you expect? Excuse me, that happened in Cheektowaga, Tonawanda, Amherst, other areas of suburban uh, uh, Erie County. And they're not looting. Where are they looting? Down on Bailey Avenue, in the heart of the hood. So don't give me this nonsense. People knew this storm was coming. People were stocking up on provisions. The supermarkets, what did they grab first? Of course, the toilet paper, the water, right? Grabbing everything they could. This is when the supermarkets were open, obviously, and people knew that this mother of all stores was coming. And now you're telling me that people were forced to loot? Because after three days, they don't have access to to bread, eggs, and milk. Get out of here. I, and there's Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb. No wonder why she promotes crime waves. Oh, no. It's only two cases of looting. And then the commandante of the state uh, police. We have only reports of two looting. Go on your Twitter feed. <laughs> it's like endless. And they're in, they're on snowmobiles. They're going from store to store. They're throwing pails through the window. They're crawling through. They're throwing stuff out on the street. It's like, it's like, oh my God, Alibaba and the Forty Thieves. They're having a sook right out on the street. They're taking stuff. They don't care. Forty feet of snow. Fire trucks can't get through. Police vehicles, but the looters seem to find a way to get through. Snowmobiles. The looters have snowmobiles. Oh, my God. This state. No wonder why so many people are fleeing to Florida. In fact, uh, it has been reported that for the first time ever, Florida is the destination for most people undertaking an exodus anywhere in the country. First time ever, Florida. And guess who has had the greatest exodus of all? New York State. They leave New York and they go to Florida. We'll talk about that later on. Our numbers one eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. That's one eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. Let's go if we can to Dave, who's calling from Las Vegas. Your turn to be heard, Dave. Curtis, thank you. Um, let's not forget they're still talking about it in Southern California when they had the riots. The uh, rooftop Koreans uh, with their, you know, considered the riflemen up there. 
Chuck Connors would have been crowd. Yeah, well, just uh, to give you a, a little more depth on that, those were the Rodney King riots that Maxine Waters called. No, it's an insurrection. And every Korean store that did not have a Korean with an AK-47 got burnt to the ground. Those that had AK-47s, they lived to be able to uh, sell another day. Exactly. Uh, and uh, when you brought up the honeymooners, don't forget uh, King of Queens was a uh, derivative of that also. That's right. Excellent. Excellent cognitive detail. Thank you. And I think you'll appreciate the second sentence because you had asked me about you had asked about myrrh. Uh, myrrh resin has been used throughout history as perfume, incense, and medicine. Now, here you go. Myrrh, mixed with pasca or wine, was common across ancient cu- cultures for general pleasure and as an analgesic. So Now, when you say general pleasure, are you talking like an aphrodisiac, like Spanish yeah. fly, like Viagra, Cialis, Levitra? Well, I'm looking at a picture of it. It looks like rock. So... Uh, <laughs> It was a commodity at the time, but uh, again, well, it was just... Uh, well, speaking speaking of rock, uh, in the words of Rick James, who was Mr. Buffalo, the only thing he did with rock was smoke it in a pipe. <laughs> and, you know, Curtis, I know you're a, an old-time fan, and, you know, it was horrible that these football teams actually had to play in tw- less than 20-degree temperatures. Give us an idea, and I, I'm, I'm as old as you, a little bit younger... Remember the old days, and these guys didn't have, they weren't playing on pool tables. They didn't have a dome over their heads. And when they woke up on Sunday morning, because they actually did play games on Sunday morning, what they had to encounter, and now they wonder, when they look at these wonderful quarterbacks, why their statistics are so incredible, because they're playing on these artificial surfaces that the old-timers never had to deal with, not to mention the fact they have trainers. They have the tent that the injured players can go into and all the others. Uh, well, I, I, I remember going way back uh, at the dawn of uh, the NFL. Yeah, George Halas's uh, Chicago Bears, I think playing the Washington Redskins when we could call them Redskins for the championship was ice, a tundra they were playing on. They could not de-ice the field. So the Bears put on sneakers. And that enabled them to just trounce, if I remember correctly, the Redskins because they had the cleats and it didn't really work on the ice. And meantime, George Hallis brilliantly uh, just put those sneakers on his uh, his players because he would wear that in practice when they were in the gymnasium, you know, just practicing their, their plays. And I think they beat the Redskins like 62 to 8 or 62 18. And then, of course, the ice bowl. I'll never forget watching it at my Aunt Mary's house in Old Howard Beach. It was the Green Bay Packers against the Dallas Cowboys, Tom Landry, in Green Bay on the tundra. And, you know, they didn't have any special things. I mean, they were getting uh, frostbitten both sides. But I remember Randy, uh, <laughs> the uh, quarterback uh, for the uh, uh, for the Cowboys, Tom Landry, the coach who had been an assistant coach for the Giants, he left. Um, Vince Lombardi, assistant coach for the Giants, he left, and Ali Sherman became the coach. And there he was. Bob Hayes, world's fastest human, was the uh, the um, outside receiver. He could barely run down the field. And then they had the guy who was the flanker, really good-looking guy who turned out to be a perv. A perv. Oh, Lance. Yeah, Lance Renzo. Do you know who he was married to? I'm sure it was California gal. No, local gal from Long Island. She would always be on the Dean Martin variety show. 
Oh, she was so good. Great entertainer. Joey? Yes, Joey Heatherton. Wow. He did it twice. He rode around Dallas. This guy was like a Greek god. Uh, Lance Rensel, he was the flanker. He would drop his pants when he would see little girls on the corner. So they nipped them once, right? They grabbed them. Uh, said, don't ever do that again, right? Uh, he was able to bail out. And, you know, down there, they got the Holy Rollers, the Southern Baptists. They were like, enough of Tom Landry said, I swear he'll never do it again. A month later, he did it again. And poor Joey Heatherton, you can imagine back then, she just fell apart a million pieces. She was never the same after that. But I, I remember there were there were ball players who came out of that ice bowl on both sides with frostbitten feet hands because it was nothing just nothing to keep you warm now what's the what's the weather situation in vegas right now southern cal and here are going to get about a week's worth of rain believe it or not there's some pacific thing that's moving through southern cal on tuesday and anything they get on tuesday we get on wednesday but they're actually saying it's going to run for an entire week yeah you know recently you had that floods right down the main drive right well, we got we got rid of a couple of the bums. Yeah, they they, they, they went into Lake Mead. So what are you going to do? Oh, but uh, Lake Mead is empty. Yeah. You got no water there. Well, we got a little bit, just enough to keep the Hoover Dam moving and stuff. Yeah, like yeah, that. A, a, a little bit. What are you talking about, Dave? That's a desert. Everybody is flocked to Vegas. There's no water. They all they take water out of the Colorado River. They all Lake Mead. You look at pictures of Lake Mead. You say. Oh, my God, is that a tugboat that is on the bottom there? Yeah, like from 1918. There's no water. What are we going to do? Well, let's uh, appeal to President Biden. Well, we got to figure out a way. Well, w- what should they do out west? It's all desert. Like maybe desalinization plants, you know, like the Israelis and the Arabs do in the Middle East and Persian Gulf. You think? You think? Although they say it takes about four years to get one up and operational like a nuclear power plant. Well, they got to speed up that process or it's going to be bone dry out there. Salt Lake, right? You can't drink from the Salt Lake uh, in Utah, right outside of Salt Lake City. It's down to almost nothing. 1-800-848-9222. It's... Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. So let me get it straight. There's 40 foot of snow on the ground in Buffalo. Cop cars can't get around. Fire trucks can't get around. But looters can on snowmobiles. They're looting in East Buffalo. They're looting. And the state commandante gets up and and basically lies to everybody. Oh, there's only been two stores. We've got the situation completely under control. Next to him is uh, Crime Wave Kathy Hochul. Absolutely, you know, uh, I'm a sister of Erie County in Buffalo. There's only two scenes of looting. Meantime, you see the Twitter feed. They're looting all over the place uh, in East Buffalo. Yeah, that'd stop it quick. Just announce. No, you have a press conference. You see, give him a little bit of time. You say, if you loot, we shoot. You got one hour to clear off the streets. We're calling a curfew. Anybody caught out there is getting arrested. And if we catch you looting, 
tough nuggies. Now think of yourself. What the hell would you be doing out there in this kind of weather? Other than taking advantage of it and looting. You're stealing. You're a thief. And then again, who the hell is going to hang around in western New York after this? First, Rochester, which is Rochester, the crime capital per capita per person in all of New York State, the most violent crime. Now Buffalo looting during the worst storm that they're claiming that has ever hit Buffalo, which is a lie. But hey, look, they're embellishing a bit. It's bad. But they have time to loot. Hey, what do you... You know, it's kind of cold. What do you think we are? Well, let's go outside where it's colder and loot. What are you looting? Beer, meat, cigarettes, obviously things that we can sell. Pampers. Gotta, gotta loot those pampers, right? They're going down the street with the shopping carts, right? Like this scheme. Oh, my God. In, in meantime... I am subcommandante of the New York State Troopers there. You know, he's sitting with his grave. Right? Those are lies. There are only two acts of looting that have occurred, and now we've got the situation in control. Excuse me, commandante. You've told us your cars cannot even go down the streets, that every fire truck is stuck in, in like, drifts of snow. How can you be sure? We're looking at a Twitter feed. These are people who live in the neighborhood. They're asking for vigilantes to come out, and they're asking for vigilantes to get their guns and shoot the looters. And the only people living in those neighborhoods are blacks, so they want black vigilantes to shoot black looters. Shh. You can't say that, Curtis. That makes you a racist. But Bailey Avenue, we're not talking Mr. Bailey. <laughs> You know, from the Federal Savings Bank. <laughs> you know, the Christmas classic, Mr. Bailey. We're talking Bailey Avenue, East Buffalo. I've been there many times. It is the heart of the hood. So black thugs are looting stores. And the call from the people in that neighborhood that is predominantly black is, please, black vigilantes, shoot them dead in their tracks. Why? Because the police have been told... Don't do anything. By who? Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb. Who wants our pity? Who wants our empathy and sympathy for the snow and the ice and the sleet that is clobbering Buffalo? This woman is so weak, so soft. Why don't, why don't I just say, you know, some just loot everything. And by the way, while you're there, burn it down. Burn it down. Oh, God. The rebel yell. Oh, let's go to Andrew in New Jersey. Uh, your turn to be heard here, Andrew. Hello, Curtis. I wanted to tell you about Mayor Eric Adams, but before I do, I wanted to thank you for my red baseball cap, my Curtis Slewa baseball cap. I like styling and profiling everywhere I go when I wear it. Thank you, Andrew. Although I've been told that because I was so generous with all of our supply, and we can't seem to get enough. You know, those ships from Red China have now been slowed down with all the COVID-19 they have at the factories. They, you know, they had three shifts, Shanghai shut down, some of the, you may, that I got to I gotta be very, I got maybe one a day I can give out. Whereas before, I used to give out 21 a day. 
<laughs> well, I got mine about two months ago, and I'm glad I got it. Good. good. And, and look, if you're ever surrounded by a bunch of thugs or thugettes, you put that cap on and you say, see that guy up there? I know that guy. And they'll say, oh, blankety blank. That's OG. That's Curtis Sliwa, man. That's that crazy white boy. That's all you got to say. That's right. And they'll know. They'll know I mean business. Well, look, I'll tell you what. If it doesn't work and they kill you, I'll give you the best eulogy you ever had before. Don't worry about it, Andrew. Either way, you score a top-shelf five-star. Okay, that's good. That's good. Well, what I wanted to tell you about Mayor Eric Adams is I have to laugh every time I hear that clip of him talking about the lentils and, and the lentils can feed a family for days and you can make lentil burgers and lentil soup. It reminds me of that clip from Forrest Gump when Forrest met Bubba, and Bubba was telling him about all the 500 ways you could have shrimp. Remember that? <laughs> You're right. You're right. But now, let me put it in context, Andrew. He didn't say this off the cuff. He said it in the middle of a press conference. Most of the press corps are McWhitey Whiteys. They... Uh, Put it this way, if you were at a Bed Bath & Beyond white sheet sale, they're whiter than the white sheets. He bullies them. He intimidates them. They'll never cross-examine him. But I want you to hear him talking about this. He did. There were like 48 reporters at this press conference about something else. I forget what the main subject was. And then he decided to help with the Biden inflation, you know, because of the prices skyrocketing in the supermarkets, grocery stores, and bodegas. No, a bag of lentils. You can make lentil burgers, lentil stew. Uh, you can make lentil soup. Uh, that bag of lentil only costs you $3 a bag, and it can feed a family of four for a couple of days. So, Andrew, know if you're ever down on your luck, you can get a $3 bag of lentils, and you will have, uh, if your family consists of four people, let's say a father, a mother, and two kids, you'll have 12 meals out of that $3 bag of lentils. Well, I guess that would be more economical than buying some bubblegum shrimp because shrimp is too expensive. <laughs> Although shrimp are not easy to catch. You know that. That's true. Yeah. Shrimp are not easy to catch. It's not like scallops. You know, scallops are on the bottom, bottom feet. <laughs> All along, you know, the uh, east end of Long Island there. You're <laughs> they're a lot easier to catch the scallops than the shrimp. The shrimp. Boy, they're smart. The shrimp know how to avoid the shrimpers, especially in the Gulf of Mexico. But I will tell you this, Andrew, when he said that, there should have been a collective laugh out of the New York City press corps. Like, how crazy is that? You would have thought one of them would have raised their hand and say, uh, Mr. Mayor, could you please demonstrate to us, maybe in a school cafeteria, how that could feed a family of four for three straight days, three squares a day. I mean, how ridiculous was that, Andrew? Yeah, and they, and they can't do it because the PC police will be on them if they do. Well, that's why I want our Cracker Jack news team to scrape the barnacles off their backside, especially that Frankie Diaz, who is like our Jimmy Olsen. He hasn't earned his stripes yet. He's JV. Send them to these press conferences and let's have them, him ask the tough questions. Because he's so used to me abusing him now. There's no abuse. There's no bullying in the world that Eric Adams can do that is worse than the abuse that I heap on him. And then Noam Layden, he's our director of news operation. I had to tell him, no, you know, last Saturday, there's a, 
There's a New Jersey Transit bus there with a Staten Island bus driver. There's six guys with Timberland boots putting it into the in his uh, the back of his neck, and then he pulls out an unlicensed gun, shoots one of them three times. It's like Bernard Getz all over again, 1984. So where did that happen? I said, well, you live Jersey City. I know you're up in the Heights with all the hipsters and millennials down in Evergreen. You know, near Martin Luther King Boulevard. Wherever it's named Martin Luther King Boulevard, it's nothing but double trouble. You want to know where crime is in the city? Let's see. I have no idea. I'm traveling to this uh, city for the very first time. Let me see. Oh, Martin Luther King Boulevard. Damn right. That's probably a high crime in that area. What a shame what they've done to the name Martin Luther King uh, Jr. in all these urban areas where almost... Inevitably, it's a high crime area. Let's go to Lily calling from Queens. Your turn to be heard here. The hawk is talking out there. It's cold, Lily. Cold. Hi, Curry. This is um, with the music that they were playing. What was it, Saturday or Friday? For the, you know, that what they took over from, from you? Yeah, yeah. And um, I love music, mostly any kind of music. And I was listening to it for about an hour. And uh, all suddenly, I fell asleep. It put me to sleep, and I didn't want to go to sleep. But with you, I could stay up. And you make me laugh so much, Curtis, that the pains in my knee, I don't feel. And I love the history that you give. I, I, I don't know where all your knowledge comes from, Curtis. Lily, Lily, Lily. I wish you would write a book. Thank you, because you have deemed me to be a healer. I can yes. heal your knee, Lily! You're not kidding. I mean, I, I'm grateful for that. So, Lily, let me get this down on the record because I got to deal with this um, person of no consequence here. Walks around with his chest puffed out, Chris Libertini. Oh, I'm the imaging director here at WABC. You were listening to the show they replaced me with. Yep. And you fell asleep, right? And now I couldn't take an hour. I mean, it, he overdid it. Who's going to listen to six hours to stay awake from the music? I could stay awake for hours with you. L- but L- the knowledge that you got is unbelievable. Lily, let me tell you what he told me. Because I confronted him. I said, I'm coming in. He goes, no, it's already done. He said, the little children, when they're waiting for Santa Claus, they want to hear this music. And Lily, I told him, there's no little children listening to WABC. Now, is he, no a, sh- way. Is he a schmuck or a putz? I don't know. He's actually both, a schmuck and a putz. But I don't know how they, how, come on. There's no children that are going to listen to that. But they would fall asleep in minutes. <laughs> there is nothing... Kidding. Lily, as you have heard me say, there's nothing more embarrassing for a radio program than to have somebody fall asleep on it, right? Exactly. And yet there were people telling me that during all six hours of nonstop Christmas music, people were falling asleep. And in fact, this one woman, Tony from Clifton, said she got back from Midnight Mass. She was all excited. I'm going to turn Curtis on. I'm all wired up. And she hears that show of Chris Libertini, and she turned on the TV for the Yule log burning. The Yule log burning, Lily. Unbelievable. I tell you, I tell you, the, the, the complaints are pouring in fast and furiously. If I were Chris Libertini, I'd change my name. I would change my residence. I'd shave my head. 
shave off. That's right. He's got facial hair. Uh, shave off his facial hair. And then just come in anonymously like he's the maintenance guy. Oh, I work in the building. You look a little, you sound a little bit like Chris. No, no, it's not me. I don't know who you're talking about. There's going to be a mob outside, right? People with pitchforks, torches. Oh, he was so adamant, so insistent. Little children will be listening to WABC as they await the arrival of Santa Claus. Are you an idiot? The only time children listen to WABC is when they're prisoners in the back seats of the car with their parents driving or their grandparents, and they're strapped in with their seatbelts, and they have no choice. It's required listening. <laughs> and they're looting in Buffalo. It's three days of snow, right? The cop cars can't get through. The fire trucks are under snow, but the snowmobiles. Now, how do looters have snowmobiles, right? The looters are riding around on snowmobiles, throwing cans through the windows, and then basically saying, charge! People are slipping and sliding. They're grabbing like shopping carts full of school, full of all kinds of stuff. And they're running down the block, slipping and sliding, falling. They don't care. It's like lotto. It's like Powerball. And do you think the Catholic Crime Wave Holcomb at her press conference with the superintendent, the commandante of state police? No, those are lies. There are only two reports of looting. Your, your cop cars can't even get into the areas, right? Why don't you just say, Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb, you know, grow a pair. I don't care if you're non-binary. And just say, let me tell residents of Buffalo, if you loot, we're going to shoot you. And you know something? We'll give you a good eulogy. (laughs) Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Let's go to original Rick in uh, Jersey. Your turn to be heard here. Um, Oh, man, it is cold. Rick, how cold is it where you are? Oh, it's, I think 16, 14, and I got to go out and feed the feral cats. And I just caught the COVID. Excuse me if I'm oh, out now, now, do you have little little boxes, little furry retreats for your feral cats? I built six. Excuse me if I'm out of breath. I've built six, uh, you know, shelters with heating pads in them. So Good. they're fine for that. Good. God bless you. Nancy was telling everybody that she, she was doing that for 48 hours. 48 hours running around replacing old outdoor houses for the feral cats with new ones because a lot of them had been, you know, let's face it, they they couldn't have even qualified for Section 8 housing. Yeah, no, no, no. I I went out and made sure they were all weatherproof before the storm. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. I take care of 25 of them. So I'm getting ready to do that now if I can do this with the COVID. Anyway, uh, that that uh, it was horrible. The Christmas music, Curtis. It was horrible. Now, and first of all, tell the Libertini guy, kids are supposed to stay in bed during so that Santa will come. Remember that? You better go to bed. You know. So what, what was he thinking? Kids are going to be up waiting for it. No, they're in bed. They're going to get up at seven. Play that music at seven or eight in the morning. That one would have made more sense when opening up. Imagine, he, I don't think he has any kids, right? I've got three sons, other people have kids. And he's telling us, the people with, with children, 
Oh, the, the little kids are waiting for, you know, Santa Claus to come. They want to hear this music. No, they don't. They're supposed to be in bed. Remember, they told you, stay in bed or Santa won't come. That's right. And put a glass of milk out and some Oreo cookies for Santa, right? Well, well my father would say, uh, uh, original Rick, you know, um, Santa gets that from everybody. Why don't we leave him a beer and you leave a can of beer? And uh-huh. as he was putting up the Christmas tree, I hear the, the, the can open. You that know? makes sense because he had that. He had the rum rouge on his nose to begin with, so you know he was That's an right. alky. Uh, what kind yeah. of beer did you leave out for him, original Rick? Oh, you know, the old times. Either it was Schaefer or Schlitz or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah, Schaefer, Schaefer, Schlitz, Ballantine, the Ballantine Blast, Rheingold. Blatz. Blatz, oh, yeah, or oh, Carly Black Label, the cheapest out there. Oh, the Black Label, yeah, absolutely. Oh, <laughs> no, no. And then it was yeah, Bohack but... beer, Bohack beer. You could get a whole tub of Bohack beer for like 78 <laughs> cents. It's the worst. <laughs> Also, you got to get rid of Bill O'Reilly. I used to like him and all that. He's okay, but he's lazy, man. You know that he plays, you know, that 15 minutes they take away from you in the afternoon? Yep. He replays that at night during his hour show. Yeah, I know. Like, hey, Friday, yeah, I mean, hey, Friday, you know, I listen to the station all the time. I don't know about everybody else, but he does a complete replay on Friday of another show that he did sometime during the week. I'm almost sure that original, Rick. Even further back, even I heard him talking about the Georgia election. Yeah, yeah. Oh, let me tell you something about Bill O'Reilly and why he hates my guts, original Rick. So at one time, he's doing a national radio show, syndication. You know, he went, oh, I'm going to be syndicated. He had a woman on his show. You never knew who the woman was. You'd hear her maybe squeak like once an hour. And so he would do four live shows a week uh, to the country, nationally syndicated, and then he decided, Mr. Big Stuff, uh, I'm just going to do the best of uh, Bill O'Reilly on Fridays. And you know what happened? KABC, one of his affiliates, called up me and said, we are not going to run the best of what just was played this week. Would you be willing to do the Bill O'Reilly show on Fridays? I said, for sure, I'll eat up his real estate. I did. The guy's hated my guts ever since. Hey, you know what? Tough noogies. This thing of ours is so precious. You can't cheat on it. You cheat on your wife, right? What happens? You get caught. Huh, right? You get caught. You cheat in life, eventually you get caught. You cheat on radio listeners, they got good ears. Look, they don't have cauliflower ears. They don't have cans of corn growing out of their ears. They can tell what's oldie moldy. It's like that Frankie Diaz when he tries to slip me a Mickey, you know, oldie moldy news like from three months ago on the weekends. That's why I basically said, forget the news. I'll do the news. You as listeners, this thing of ours is so important. We're not going to let any slackers or deadbeats or half-steppers destroy this thing of ours. That's why Frank Morano, right, he was asked to do the morning show. Okay. You never give up your real estate. I'm telling you, I've been in this business 35 years. He could have said, I'll do the morning show, but I ain't giving up my nationally syndicated show to nobody. I have to be on a gurney going into ICU-ER, and even then I'll see if I could do a live remote. I don't give my show up to nobody. You don't do that. Because then what do your listeners think? Oh, 
Oh, oh, oh they made you do that? Why, why didn't you do these four hours, take an hour off, and then do the next four hours? You're not going to die. Oh, well. Hey, look, what can I say? I, all I can do is warn these people here. You know, they're all, they're all fatheads. They all think they're better than anybody else. They know everything. And many of them, not Frank, to his credit, he does, he does different shows. But some of my colleagues here and in other talk radio stations and on talk TV, the same freaking show every day. Joe Biden sucks. Donald Trump has fallen off his horse. And the sanctimonious is God. And they repeat it over and over and over and over. Let's go to, uh, oh, Pittsburgh. Who's calling from Pittsburgh? Give me Pittsburgh here. Oh, yeah, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh. What is your name? It's Marnie. 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 M-A-R. Marnie, yes. Yes, okay, Marnie. Thank you, thank you. You know, I have a few things to say to you. Well, first, before you say anything, Marnie, what part of Pittsburgh are you from? Um, Like close Heading towards Beaver County. Oh. The other way. Uh, like I, towards I, Ohio. I'm telling I'm you. Outside of Pittsburgh. So you're not far from, uh, what, Ashtabula? Oh, God, no. I don't <laughs> even know where that is. That's <laughs> <laughs> right on the border with Ohio. But anyway, look, you're near McKees Rock, McKees Port. You're near. Yeah, down oh. the road from McKees Rock. Okay, got it. Okay, now we're geographically okay. aligned. Go All for right. it. Go for it. First thing I wanted to tell you when you just said now something about Biden sucks, or, uh, I was going to say it was an a-hole, but I agree with that. Okay. Secondly, I remember you from when you first began the Angel, mm. and you were on talk shows. Oh yeah. And I'm like, who's this guy? You know what the hell? And here, I think one I remember the most was Phil Donahue. Yeah, Phil. You you on Phil Donahue? Okay, I I just thought you were great. Now, what I want to ask you is, can't you ever come to Pittsburgh? Oh, KDKA, we, right? We need the Angels back. Oh yes, there's no doubt. Uh, up in the hill section, not far from the university. You got some projects there. I mean, mean projects. Uh, you're absolutely yeah. right. Uh, I've been to Pittsburgh. It isn't even. It isn't even just there. It's like everywhere right now. Yeah. I was thinking about uh, which because I'm not real cool about driving all over Pittsburgh, but I thought you know what I'll get on a bus like I used to when I was younger and. You know Hello. what? Uh, I'm I, I am scared of that too. I'm pissed off that in South Pittsburgh, which used to be an enclave of Italians, they took down yes. the Christopher Columbus statue. They took it down. Oh, I know. Oh God, that disgusts me. Well, today they did. You hear them saying today they took down Robert Lee's. Robert yeah, E. Lee, yeah, something or other. In uh, West Point, West Point. Yeah, we're going to talk about yeah, that momentarily. Point, but that I'm telling yeah. you, you're right. I, I need to focus on Pittsburgh. Tough city. Tough. I've thought about it so many times. We have all these 15 and 16-year-olds shooting people all over the street. It's really disgusting. You know, I mean, I'm kind of scared, and I've actually been thinking about getting a gun. No, nah, look, I'm not going to. I know the areas you're talking about. You may need one. You may, may need to be Annie Oakley. But I tell you what, in honor of the passing of Franco Harris, 
who I oh, I always yeah. admired. What a stand-up guy he was. I think I woke up. Or, I'm sorry to interrupt. No, go ahead, but go I woke ahead. up really early in the morning and I heard it. I thought I was nightmaring it, mm, you know. Yeah, no. And I'm like, what? So I got up and went to the bathroom and I came back and they were still talking. And I said, oh my god. I can't believe it. I loved him. And you know what? Here's what's, you know, who's married to a white lady? Yes. She went to my church. Mm. We were Serbian Orthodox. Serbian Orthodox. Orthodox. That means your Christmas is on January 7th. Correct. Now, Now, what do you think of the Ukrainian Orthodox who have suddenly said, we don't want to be like the Serbian Orthodox or the Russian Orthodox or the other East uh, Orthodox, Eastern Orthodox. We want to be like the Catholics and Protestants. We want our Christmas to be on December 25th. Well, I thought they only made that decision because they were afraid they might not make it. You're right. Seventh. That's the way I took it. You're right. But you, you see, know? then you have before your Christmas on January 7th is the Day of Epiphany, Three Kings Day. That's right. January That's 6th. Right. You see? And then when they go into a Eastern Orthodox church, no statues, just tapestries. Yeah. Tapestries. Well, yeah. I'm telling you, the, made... the Russian Orthodox try to convert me. Man, they they, oh, they put they? The, the hard conversion on me. I was in Cuba. They were dedicating a basilica for the Greek Orthodox, the Russian Orthodox. Where they, they had an onion dome in East New York, Brooklyn. How the hell they survived, I'll never know. They said, Curtis, well, that's for sure. you're one of ours because in Russian, my last name, Sliwa, means plum. But it means that in oh. Ukrainian and it, it like means that in Polish. Like Shlivovitz. That's right, like Shlivovitz. Did you ever have a shot of Shlivovitz? A very tiny one. I was out oh. when, well, my husband was still alive, and we were out somewhere. And I don't know, somebody offered me some, and I said, I've always wanted to try that. And I took like a tiny, tiny, oh, I thought I was going to oh, die. Everybody was laughing It'll at me. knock you on your tuchus. It's, yeah, it's like it fermented plums. Oh, yeah, man. That, but let me tell you something. Very, you, very... you, you are right. I'm, I'm facing towards the powerful tower in Pittsburgh with KDKA. I have made many appearances on KDKA. I think it's time for me to return to Iron City. Yep, although there's no iron there anymore. No more mills. No more foundries. It's all white-collar workers. But, yeah, oh, man, the hill down in Oakland, McKee's Rock, McKee's Fort. No one like the back of my hand. How many times have I told you folks that as you go to Morgantown in West Virginia, where the University of Virginia is, and they have up on the wall there all the rocks, eat pit, eat pit. What do they mean? University of Pittsburgh, their football team, University of West Virginia. And then you pass Washington, Pennsylvania. It's only a town of 50,000. Who came out of Washington, Pennsylvania? My mother's favorite, Francesca's favorite, Perry Como. Who wanted to be just like Perry Como? I want to be just like Michael Jordan. Bobby Vinton, the Polish prince, who grew up where? A few blocks away in Washington, Pennsylvania. And then when Perry Como came here and became a big star and lived on Long Island, who came to New York to become a big star just like Perry Como? Bobby Vinton, the Polish prince, and then lived out in Long Island in the same town. You couldn't write that story. Aliquippa, 
Aliquippa is calling me. That's that's in Beaver County there. And of course, Beaver Falls, right? Joe Namath, right? <laughs> Joe Willie. <sighs> I felt like it was Rod Serling, the Twilight Zone there. One eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. It's the other side of midnight with Frank Morano. Navy in the Lake Erie, because now they're looting on the west side of Buffalo. First it was the east side. Oh, state commandante in New York, right? There's only two acts of looting, I swear you, two acts. It's all over the east side, Bailey Avenue. They're they're raiding the weave stores, the Family Dollar Store, the 7-Elevens, the Aaron's, and now they're over on the west side doing it. And what's Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb saying? Well, you know, they've been uh, shut-ins for 72 hours, and maybe they don't have enough resource, enough food, and maybe they're forced to loot cigarettes. <laughs> Excuse me. You know, and they're on, they're on ski-mobiles. Where the hell did they get them from? Right? Probably stole them too, right? Oh, my God, they're going up and down the block. No cop cars, no fire trucks. They're all snowed in. But the looters, we may have to send the Navy in, Lake Erie. Lake Erie. You know, used to have the canal, the Erie Canal. Could have gone right through the Erie Canal, right into Lake Erie, and then aimed those guns right offshore Lake Erie and just pounded them. Why can't the state troopers just go out there Kathy Crimewave Holcomb, you're the sister of Erie County. You grew up there. In fact, you said, oh, I can look out my kitchen window and see Ontario. Just say, look, I'm giving you all looters two hours. If you loot, the state police are going to shoot. That's it. Watch how quickly those streets become desolate. Even if you just crank that shotgun up and shoot it in the air... They're going to go running, slipping and sliding and falling, you know, with their with their shopping carts full of beef, of uh, chicken, of pampers, of cigarettes, liquor. Want to bet they're hitting the liquor stores and the jewelry stores and the sneaker stores? Oh, I can't survive. I got to get a pair of Nike. Now watch, you'll believe all that crap. Notice, nearby, they've been hit worse. If you're in Cheektowanga or Tonawanda or Amherst or Lockport and you're listening up there, please call us in. Tell us of all the looting that's going on in your suburbs. Not. 
But in the heart of the hood of Buffalo, east and out west, they're going off and looting. And Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb is saying, well, you know, maybe maybe it's for necessities. You know, it's like, who are we to judge? You know, it's all replaceable. Don't those stores have insurance? You know things are bad when they loot the dollar store. Right? When they loot the dollar store. The family dollar store. You know it's low budget looting. But you know what they hit first, the liquor store, then the jewelry store, then the sneaker stores, and then finally, the lowest on the food chain, the family dollar stores. 1-800-848-9222. I know some of you have battery-powered radios, those Beijing wind-em-up radios from Y2 Chaos that never occurred back then when, oh, man, from coast to coast, remember? Who was he? Broadcasting from Pahrump, outside of Las Vegas. Oh, Art Bell, that loony kazuni from Parts Unknown. Remember, he had you all jazzed up on Y2K, which became Y2K Osnot. And so many of you bought those Beijing wind up radios thinking it was Armageddon. It was Apocalypse Now, right? Well, now, now's the time. Up there in Tonawanda, Chitawaga, uh Lockport, Amherst. Get out your Beijing wind-em-up radios and call in and let us know why the looting is in the urban area of Buffalo and not in the suburbs. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Let's go to John, who's calling from Reno, Nevada, the armpit of Nevada. Your turn to be heard here at WABC. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I'm not sorry. We are WABC. Thank you, John. Hey, Curtis. Did you find out what Myrn Frankincense are yet? Man, I'm racking my brain. The three wise guys came 12 days afterwards, followed a star, found a little baby Jesus. There's no room in the inn for Joseph the carpenter and Mary. You know that story. But what, what They carried the gold. I get the gold. What's the mirth and frankincense? Well, they are hardened gum resin from the barks of trees that are used uh, as either incense or aromatherapy. Or as a uh, medicinal antibacterial. Oh, so you mean if all of a sudden I got a cut in a leg and I'm fearful of gangrene setting in, they may have to chop off my leg, I should throw the frankincense in or the Murph? Yes, the Murph. The Murph. Hey, Murph, get over here, Murph. What the, what the hell is Murph? If I go into a pharmacist, right, I say I go into a... Oh, I can't go to Rite Aid. They're closing Rite Aid here in Manhattan because of the looting and boosting. But if I go to the pharmacist and I say, uh, could I have mirth? Do I need a prescription for that, uh, John? I don't think you can buy it in pharmacies. You can probably buy it at a uh, naturopathy store. Oh, well, how about a botanica, you know, a Santaria store? Yes, probably so. Yeah, Santaria store. Hey, I, I want a little mirth. And I want a little Frankenstein. I mean, frankincense. Yeah. Now, now, you see, John, I've always said folks in Reno are like a dollar short and a day late. And, John, you're proving that. If you've ever been in Reno, it is the armpit of Nevada, man. And then all of a sudden, you're in the valley. It is Reno. And you see, you want to get to Lake Tahoe? Okay, go to Lake Tahoe towards California. And then all of a sudden you're up in the mountains and you're putting chains on your tires because there's snow and ice and sleet. 
And you say, how can this be? I just came out of the valley. It was 100 degrees. That's what you get when you go from Reno a dive to Lake Tahoe. Hey, Frank, you should have never given up the real estate. He's going to be doing the morning show, Frank Morano. This is The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. They're running a strange program, y'all. Now, here's Frank Morano. Look somewhere above our pretend you don't love her. Pretend you don't see her at all. Oh, Jerry Bell, the best. I should do an hour a week. Just on one hour, Jerry Bell. Next week, one hour, Bobby Vinton, the Polish prince. Next week, one hour, Perry Como. And then uh, next week, one hour, Uncle Floyd. Well, maybe not Uncle Floyd. With the pork pie. With the pork pie hat on, right? Oh, come on. I picked the best music, right? There's no doubt about it. I conflate the best music. And the reason I'm playing this Jerry Vale classic, my mother, Francesca, loved Perry Como and Jerry Vale. We didn't play Sinatra in our house. Little Tony Bennett. No Sinatra, no. Is uh, my wife is blind as a bat. Nancy, blind as a bat. I'm going to get to that momentarily, but... I got to give you uh, an update because even blinder than my wife, Nancy, is Kathy Crimeway Holcomb and the superintendent of police uh, uh, from Albany. He's over in Buffalo. He's doing press conferences. They're screaming at people, you need to stay off the roads. The plows can't get through. Our fire trucks are stuck in high drifts. Our cop cars are stuck. In the meantime, you see video footage of looters who who are in snowmobiles going up and down, looting, looting. They first started off in East Buffalo. Now they're in West Buffalo, Fruitvale. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the video. I'm saying, I know that neighborhood. I know that. He used to be Polish. No more. The, Pol- the Poles are gone. They're out in Lockport and Amherst and Cheektowaga and Tonawanda. Bet you don't have no uh, looting out there. And you would think, right, that because it's total Michigash, total chaos, and Kathy Crimewave Holcomb is trying to explain, well, you know, maybe after three days, you know, there's certain necessities they need, and that's why they're looting. You would think a simple announcement, you know, I realize you're getting a little frisky. You've, uh, you've siphoned off gasoline from cars into your snowmobiles. Now, where the hell they got snowmobiles from, right? I mean, think of it. You're poor and impoverished, but you got a freaking snowmobile. But I'm warning all of you thugs and thugettes, you got two hours to get off the streets because if you loot, we're going to shoot you. Cabish? Or do I need to say it in Spanish, too? Because there are a growing number of Hispanics up there, but they're not the ones looting. Hell no, they're just trying to stay warm. They say, we just came from Nicaragua, Venezuela, Cuba. What the hell is this? We want to go back. 
What? We, the only snow we know about is cocaine. What the hell is this? 40 feet of snow. I'm going back. I'm going to cross the border from Texas. You imagine these illegals coming in here now if they, if they worked their way up to Buffalo? Because some of them did. And now they wake up and they see 40 foot of snow out and it's not cocaine from the Andes Mountains. Oh, man. Thought it was in Medellin or Cali, uh, you know, Colombia. Pablo Escobar didn't have that much snow. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. So my wife, Nancy, blinds as a bat. She's got glasses. They look like the bottoms of the old Coke bottles. You know, you know, somebody can't see then, right? And she struggles to put her contacts in and always is irritation and inflammation. And it got really bad. She had like, it was bad. So I said, hey, you got to go to the eye doctor. You know, I'm not talking Department of Motor Vehicles, you know, to uh, check your eye. No, no, no. You got to go to the eye doctor. Finally did. She goes, Curtis, I got two pages of paperwork they want me to fill out. I said, well, you know, you got to fill it out. They're not going to see you. She goes, I'm going to take a photo and text it to you. I want to share this with all of you. Simply going for an eye test at an ophthalmologist. Now, the ophthalmologist could be Rand Paul, the senator. He's a ophthalmologist. Smokes that wacky weed there, the number one cash crop in uh, Kentucky. While the senior senator, Mitch McConnell, loves that Kentucky bourbon. The other ophthalmologist of fame is Bashir Assad, the butcher of uh, Syria, of Damascus. Oh, yeah, he's an ophthalmologist, too, and I don't. Pick your poison. So first it says, what is your gender? What gender appears on your legal identification, female or male? Okay, that's a good start. Number two, birth sex. What sex appears on your original birth certificate? Female, male, other, intersex, withheld, or I decline to answer. (laughs) What do you mean you decline to answer? What's your birth sex, male or female, right? What's your, maybe it should say, anatomically, what do you have? Do you have a hose or do you have something else? I don't know. What do you think I know? Gender identity. What is your current gender identity? Look at the choices. Female, male, non-binary, GNC. Isn't that where you get your vitamins from? (laughs) GNC. Gender queer, trans female, male to female, trans male, female to male, various, other, and then they have a line. Withheld, declined to answer again. What does this have to do with being able to see? I have no idea. Then name your preference to identify with preferred L names or preferred F names. What is an L name? I kind of figured preferred F name would be preferred female name, right? But preferred L name? What is that? Lesbian name? I don't know. What are you asking if my wife's a lesbian? I think that's kind of personal, you ophthalmologist. And then finally, preferred pronouns. Which pronouns should we use to refer to you? This is on the first piece of paper you get from the doctor in the doctor's office, the ophthalmologist. 
he, she, him, he, them, they, various other, and then other has a long line, withheld, and of course, declined to answer. Now, if I decline to answer on any of these, do I still get my eyes checked? You know, I have blood. Doctor, I have blood coming out of my eyes. It's no longer bloodshot. I'm bleeding. I, I, I need a transfusion. There's so much blood coming. Sorry. We cannot treat you unless you let us know what your preferred pronoun is. I decline to answer. Well, then bleed out. Get out of my office. <laughs> is this crazy? What? Give me a little Jerry Vale, please. Now, how do I know what my wife is if she won't fill out the paperwork, right? You don't see her. I see her. I see her. To me, she's female. Anatomically, she's a female. Now, what happens if in filling out this form before getting her eye test, she all of a sudden puts various other preferred pronouns, right? Then what do I do? Do I say, well, I'm bisexual, right? Because half the time my wife is a female and the other half the time she's a male. This is crazy. This is all for a freaking eye test. Uh, sing it, Jerry. Sing it. Look somewhere above her. Pretend you don't love her. Pretend you don't see her at all. Jerry, you can't call her her anymore. Can't call her a her. Imagine how difficult it would be singing these songs so as to not piss somebody off. I decline to answer. <laughs> Withheld. Oh, I'm sorry, I can't see you. I realize you, know, you need a transfusion, right? Triage, you're bleeding out. Well, you got to fill this out first. A decline to answer. Sorry, I can't see you. 1 800 848 That's 1 800 and now it's gone from the sublime to the ridiculous. Look at this. The United States Marine Corps, our own Lieutenant Colonel Greg Kelly. That's right here at WABC, our mothership connection. Can I mention that on the Frank Murano uh, National Network? Or will the affiliates get offended? No, they'll say, oh, my God, you're at WABC. That's always been my dream. Shh, don't mention it. It's like we have to hide it. Like we got to be ashamed of it. No, I'm busting my buttons and bridges with pride. Like you should if you were a Marine. And I guess once a Marine, always a Marine. So get this, Marines out there. Uh, Recruits cannot address senior members as sir or ma'am anymore to avoid misgendering. Now, (laughs) um, I'm trying to... I'm trying to think Paris Island, right? South Carolina, right? Down in uh, down in San Diego there. You cannot address a senior member of the United States Marine Corps as sir or ma'am to avoid misgendering. Sir, no, sir! The exhaustive 738-page study that the Marines first commissioned in 2020 
said traditional ways of addressing superiors were holding back gender integration. Employing gender-neutral identifiers eliminates the possibility of misgendering drill instructors, which can unintentionally offend or cause discord. Sir, no, sir! What would happen with the old USMC? Jim Neighbors says, go, my pile. Golly! What would Gunnery Sergeant Vince Carter have said? You misidentified me? Sir, yes, sir! Teaching recruits to use gender-neutral identifiers for their drill instructors must be discarded the importance of respecting authoritative figures regardless of gender. Whatever the hell that means. And apparently the Army, Navy, and Coast Guard effectively have de-emphasized gender in their new and integrated environment. So once again, instead of saying ma'am or sir, recruits in all these services refer to their drill instructors using their ranks or roles followed by their last names. You cannot say sir or ma'am. Can't say that anymore. Sir, no, sir. Drop! Give me 60 right sir, now! No, you can't say that! Sir, yes, sir! See, they've been, outrageous. They've been programmed, and <laughs> now we have to unprogram. Dig a tree! Sir, yes, sir! You cannot use that term! Sir, no, sir! What happens if I'm non binary? Okay, now. Sir, no, sir! No, 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 no. And so other jarheads, I can call them jarheads, even though I never served in the military, right? I was down in uh, the gaslight uh, quarter of uh, San Diego patrolling down there, not far from Balboa Park. I got to tell you, on the weekends, I'd see some of these Navy guys and Marines there, you know, getting ginned up. Then all of a sudden, I'd see some of these Navy guys dancing with the Marine guys. And I'd say, what kind of club is that? And they were using only the term sir, sir. There were no ma'ams there. Just sirs. I think that was a gay Marine Navy club, right? They were talking about swabbing the deck. I have no idea what that means. Oh, Jim Neighbors, he was gay, you know. Did I ever tell you the story about Jim Neighbors? So Jim Neighbors, big star in Hollywood, you know, coming off of Mayberry RFD where he was, uh, what was he, Goomer? Goober. No, he was Goober. Not Gomer. Not Gomer Pyle, USMC. But I think he was Goober. Oh, man, you couldn't be more hopelessly Goober wrong. Goober ran the gas station, didn't he? That was a different guy. That was his cousin. Doesn't right, matter. Goober. Goober, Gomer, whatever the hell. So anyway, the point being is, big star in Hollywood, right? And he loved the L.A. Rams. They all love the L.A. Rams. The original L.A. Rams before their owner mysteriously drowned in the ocean. And then his wife took over. Who mysteriously drowned in the ocean? Who owned the Los Angeles Rams? I still don't believe that. Just like I don't believe that Natalie Wood drowned off of Catalina Island off that yacht with her husband, Robert Wagner, who is still a prime suspect in that, or crazy man, Christopher Walken. 
What was he doing on that yacht, right? But no, who was the owner of the L.A. Rams at that time who uh, <clears throat> mysteriously drowned off the coast of Cali Cali? Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. So, uh, Gomapal USMC gym neighbors like going to see the L.A. Rams practice. And the quarterback at that time was uh, Roman Gabriel. I think Roman Gabriel was part Mexican and part Indian. Can I say Indian or do I have to say first native person, indigenous person? I mean, I'm so confused. To me, Mexican Indian, okay? Mestizo, how about that? Can I say that? Roman Gabriel, tall guy, great quarterback, could throw it 90 miles downfield. He was great. And so one day he's sick. And he goes over to the coach and he goes, I'm not feeling well. I think I've got uh, food poisoning. Uh, Jim Neighbors is going to give me a ride home. Coach says, no problem. Back then, no cell phones, no means of communication. Next day of practice, Roman Gabriel doesn't show up. Everybody knows Jim Neighbors, a.k.a. Gomer Pyle, is gay. Oh, Uh... And all of a sudden, the rumor gets out that Roman Gabriel is gay. There goes all of his Madison Avenue endorsements. I mean, all of his sponsors cancel. And remember, there's no, like, urban myths then. There's no social networking, no Google, no texting, no uh, nothing. It's just got out in, like, 24 hours. And he had a blood and guts coach, the L.A. Rams, went on to uh, coach the Washington Redskins, when you could call them Redskins, whose son went on to run for senator of Virginia, and they thought he would be the future president. Who am I talking about there? Wow. We get two booby prizes here. You know, I've exceeded my limit, but it's Christmas, right? What are they going to do? Put wood and coal in my stocking stuffer here at WABC? 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-9222. Whatever. But imagine his Roman Gabriel, his, his entire career, they say, hey, you shacked up with Jim Neighbors for a whole day, right? You were unreachable. They wanted to suspend him. He said, no, no, no. I had, I had food poisoning. I, I, I couldn't. Yeah, sure, sure, food poisoning. He probably had what this... Um, Singer had. Well, here's a third question. Who is the singer who now lives down in Palm Beach, has a huge mansion right on the ocean? Who it was thought ingested, uh, hmm, how do we put this in a family friendly way? Some, um, hmm, uh, some uh, effluent that is normally passed between a man and a man. Which singer am I talking about? Boy, now that's three biggies, right? I, nobody out there is trying to answer any of them. This must be a Frank Morano uh, audience. You know, they think it's, uh, we're not doing at 4.30 the uh, 10 questions, the $1,000 scam, right? The other day, right, I'm listening. I couldn't believe it. Um, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, the second question. What was the color of his nose? The moron, the schlemiel, 
the uh, schmuck, the schmendrick, the pisher, the gavon, answered black. What is the color of Rudolph the Red Nose's, the reindeer's nose? And the guy said black. You have that? Can I? Can I? Can I? Yeah, please, please play this back. Thank you, Chris Libertini. Let us say hello to Keith on Staten Island. Hello, Keith. Hi, Frank. I've never been up this late to play before. But now, when, if you don't know the answer, do you do skip and come back, or you just got to guess? No, you got to guess. You're 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 out of luck oh, if you boy. don't know. What what brings you up at this time? If you're uh, if you're not usually up at this time, I'm working. Okay. What 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 field are you in? Security. Okay. All right. All right. Um, so we're going to start the timer after the first question. And uh, if you, um, you know, I think you're going to be just fine. These are pretty, pretty standard questions. Don't overthink them. Don't be nervous. That's the key. Okay. You ready to go? All right. Yeah. Thank you, Frank. All right. So thank you. Whose birthday do Christians celebrate on Christmas? Uh, Jesus. What color is Rudolph the reindeer's nose? Uh, black. No, Keith. R- Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer. Oh. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, I'm going to put Thank you on you. hold. Uh, give Kenneth your information, and we're going to give you a consolation prize. What a Rudolph. Gav- what a gavon. And where is he from? Staten Island. Need I say what? He would have been one of those 800 on the Staten Island ferry that had a fire in the boiler room. When they said, hey, everybody topside, you got to put on your vest. You know, you got to put on. He would have said, why? I'm from Staten Island. I can float across. Oh, my God. Maybe that was the biggest moron that Frank has ever had of all the many morons that have competed on that scam called the $1,000, right, minute. You get 10 questions. They're all moronic questions. You're like um, special ed. Could I hear that one? I got to hear that one. I cannot believe that there's a guy who didn't know that Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer had a red nose. Can I hear that, please? What color is Rudolph the reindeer's nose? Uh, black. No, Keith. R- Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer. Oh. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, I'm going to put Thank you on you. hold. Uh, give Kenneth your information, and we're going to give you a consolation prize. That's one special ed guy to another, Ken, right? The uh, telephone talent coordinator. That guy cannot chew and think at the same time. Oh, my God. Where do they find? And he's from Staten Island. That makes sense. That makes sense. What is your line of profession? I'm a security guard. Oh, my God. Maybe send him to Buffalo to stop the looting that's going on in East Buffalo and West Buffalo now. The looters are on on snowmobiles, and the cops can't even drive through the streets. Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb says, oh, well, maybe because of the three days of storm, maybe they're forced to loot. No, no, they're not forced to loot. 
and the El Comandante, Superintendent of State Police, said the media is wrong. There's only two instances of looting. Yeah, well, what's all this video of looting going on? Can I can I run down all the places it's going through? The Family Dollar Store. You know, you know that that's about as low as you can go. The Family Dollar Store, the Weave Store, where they have the wigs. The Weave Store. Aaron's. Oh, gosh. Where are all the illegal aliens? They're hiding. They're saying, we got to get out of here. We're going back to Nicaragua, Cuba, and uh, Venezuela. Uh, let's go to Mark, who's calling from Long Island. Your turn to be heard here, Mark. Hi, Curtis. Yes, Mark. Curtis, I wanted to uh, answer your question about uh, the coach um, of Roman Gabriel, uh, whose son went on to run for senator, and that was George Allen. That is correct, George Allen, who then went on to uh, coach the Washington Redskins. That's right, the Redskins. And that was Richard Nixon's favorite team and favorite coach when he was president. Yes. Curtis, I had something else I wanted to ask you. Of course. As somebody who knows where all the bodies are buried and who buried them, I want to ask you this question. It's about Frank Morano. Uh, do you know why it is that Mark Simone apparently does not like Frank Morano? Because well, Frank, let, let me yeah, be uh, let me be very direct. I know one thing: Mark Simone likes me. In fact, he supported me for mayor more than anybody else here at WABC. Right, the home of Curtis Lee. No, I got more support from Mark Simone over at Women's Only Radio WOR. And to this day, when people were criticizing. Eric Adams, like we're going to talk about in the next hour, who was missing in action on vacation in Jamaica in Montego Bay. Does anybody here mention, only Rudy has mentioned, oh, you know, Curtis would have made a better mayor. No, nobody else. But you know who says it every day? Hey, I told you, I'll let Curtis Lee with Mark Simone at WOR. Does Frank say that? No. Does anybody else here at WABC say that? No. Rudy, yes. And Mark Simone, every day, people come up and say, hey, you know, he's saying, wow, you see, I told you, Sliwa should have been mayor. Imagine, he's with WOR. What happened to the house of Sliwa? Did they forget I ran for mayor? Did they forget? Or maybe they don't want to offend Eric Adams, swagger man, who now has a new nickname, Out of Town Adams. <sighs> we have a hip-hop mayor. Yeah, hanging out with Cardi B and the hip-hoppers in Montego Bay. You didn't think I'd find out? Come on. (laughs) You knew I'd find out. Come on, Eric. You're easy. You're easy to spot. We have a hip-hop mayor. Yeah, people taking uh, photos of him, photobombing him, and he's taking pictures. Stunard, right? He's supposed to be undercover. Can I take a picture? Oh, picture? Absolutely. But, you know, Eric, nobody's supposed to know where you are, right? Doesn't matter. It's a photo op. Ah, uh, yes, yes. You know, I walk around with swag in my pocket because I like to share it. <laughs> you know, after a while, we're going to be in such deep financial straits that if you remember the March of the Wooden Soldiers, the landlord, uh, who was it? Laurel 
put his hand in his pocket to try to steal his wallet. And there was a mousetrap in there that went right on his hand. Uh, Eric Adams' Bitcoin, that's what he's going to end up with, a mousetrap in his pocket, because he ain't going to have nothing. Oh, the March of the Wooden Soldiers. And now they're telling me it's anti-Semitic and anti-black. What are they talking about? How can they ruin this, this classic Max Roach? Now, I know Max Roach was a friend of Benito Mussolini. I recognize that. But it was Walt Disney who loaned Mickey Mouse to him to be in the March of the Wooden Soldiers. Did you know that? And the three little pigs, yes, lent to Max Roach, his very dear friend, by Walt Disney, who was tripping on acid long before Dr. Timothy Leary had acid provided to him in an experimental form by the CIA. Criminals in Action. 1-800-848-9222. It's the other side of midnight with Frank Morano. Oh, yeah, to the break of dawn. You're not falling asleep on me. Jungle love, I won't be accused of being a racist. This is Morris Day and the time. You know, the group created by Prince, the artist, or whatever he wanted to call himself. Yeah. By the way... Frank Morano wants all of you to know he would have preferred to be with all of you, but he chose to host the morning show that Sid Rosenberg is away this week. Well, chose the morning show over the other side of midnight, huh? Hmm. You know what I would recommend for Frank Morano? That he take the Charles Atlas bodybuilding course, you know? By the way, this is the anniversary of the death of Charles Atlas at 80. And it would have been Howard Hughes's birthday, but he died in 1976. And my prediction is that Elon Musk will become Howard Hughes. Remember how he became a recluse? Although he was making a ton of money from government contracts, remember? Yeah, then he bought that hotel. What was it, the Sands in Las Vegas? Basically stayed in one room and became a hermit. And every day, what would he lift up? Vanilla ice cream. And it wasn't Ben and Jerry's or Carvel. Tom Carvel, you know, how would you say he wanted my soft ice cream? No, he didn't. And then what would he lower? Milk bottles filled with his urine. I predict Elon Musk will become a recluse, a hermit, and will totally... Totally weird out. He's weirding out as it is. But you caused me to digress here. As Morris Day in the time, get on that jungle love. Can I say that? Is that politically correct, jungle love? You know, it's not Morris Day, black guy in time, you know, Prince's group. 
suppose that Apollonia, right? Apollonia, right, right. Sheila E., right, right, right. Vanity, right, right, right. Got them all, got them all. God, they were drop-dead gorgeous. And he was, uh, he would be described as uh, non-binary now, Prince. By the way, I spoke at his, the high school he went to, Central High School in Minneapolis, many years ago. And when I was walking through the hallways, Prince, who was like an, what a, what can we call him? Androgynous. Yeah, I'm being nice to him now. He was androgynous. Do you know he was the captain of the football team and the basketball team and was a star on the baseball team? Prince! I'm like, yeah, hello. What happened? And he was a Jehovah Witness. Now, did you see in the news at one of their freedom halls outside of Denver, two people were killed, murdered at a freedom hall. People were saying, oh, my God, they were doing it on Christmas. I don't know if they were Jehovah Witnesses, but Jehovah Witnesses do not believe in Christmas. They believe that Jesus Christ was not born on December 25th, so they do not celebrate Christmas. Well, let's straighten that out. You know, I know my say. You know, Jehovah Witnesses, Prince, uh, Michael Jackson, that pedophile on a pedophile, pedophile uh, Michael Jackson, that pedophile on a pedestal. You see how I bit my lip there? I hate him. The Jackson 5, yeah, Gary, Indiana. Oh, Serena and her sister, Williams, and the father, you know, the king, King Richard. That, that, oh, what's his name? Oh, man, Will Smith won the Academy Award and then smacked Chris Rock. Yeah, they were Jehovah Witnesses. Hardcore. See, I know my Jehovah Witnesses, my watchtower, that's right. And remember, in the end, according to the Jehovah Witnesses who used to come to my house in Canarsie, and I would patronize them as they would sit at the table. You know, Curtis, if you convert and become one of us, maybe. If you play your Jehovah Witness cards right, you can be part of the 144,000 that get into heaven. I said, well, what happens to, uh, if you happen to be 144,001? They said, well, that person will live in paradise on earth, but they will not be next to Jehovah in heaven. Oh, this is such a good song. Yeah. By the way, am I permitted as a McWhitey Whitey to use the term jungle love? Anyway, let's go to the phones. It's uh, Kevin. Is Kevin calling from Mexico? Are you calling from Mexico, Kevin? Uh, Yes, I am. Which part of Mexico? Uh, I live um, about 30 minutes away from Puerto Vallarta. Oh, yeah. I was there one time. You're on the West Coast, right? Um, Yeah, the Pacific Ocean. Yeah, oh, that's a lot of movies have been made there, correct? Uh, Well, they made the movie Predator with Arnold Schwarzenegger right where I live. Why did you decide to become an expatriate and move down to uh, Mexico? I worked 25 years in the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 94, which is very um, popular in Manhattan. They they run all the office buildings, and, um, you know, they run the H- HVAC, you might call it. Um, I retired at age 47. 
Wow. And you decided right away to move to Mexico or you waited some time? No, I had previously been here and um, I met an American guy who was married to a Mexican girl and they had five children and I became friends with him in 1995. So then when it came time to retire, which was 2011 or 2012, I think, then I finally made the move down here. Now, our perception is, oh, my God, you're moving to Mexico, the narco-terrorists, they're battling in the streets. We saw Acapulco, there were some people on the beach sitting in their beach chairs, drinking their mojitas, and there were dead body parts coming ashore. Uh, Is that an exaggeration? I know exactly what you're talking about. I got one better for you. In Cancun, these guys pulled up on jet skis. Jet skis, and they had machine guns. And there was a guy on the beach who was a member of the cartel who basically, to answer your question, it's the bad guys going after the bad guys. And in Vallata, that's what we call it here in Puerto Vallata, we call it Vallata. Um, If you keep your nose clean, they're not going to bother you. And I think it's an exaggeration to answer your question. Now, I notice there are a lot of Americans, a lot of expatriates who are moving down there. Large numbers, they say. The quality of life is great. The weather is great. They can exist on Social Security where they cannot exist here on Social Security. Would you say that, uh, amongst other Americans you run across, that seems to be the thread that brings them all together? Uh, Yes and no. Um, I know a couple of uh, Americans here that live on $700 a month from Social Security or something similar to Social Security, but they kind of have a a, a struggle. $700 is not a lot of money uh, per month, but for $1,000 a month or let's say $1,200 a month, you can do pretty well down here. See, I don't live in, um, I don't live with the uh, gringos. I live in, in a village with um, Mexican people, so everything is much cheaper here. And the inflation here is about 5% according, you know, as far as a Joe Biden's America is like 40%. So um, you could live down here very cheap, and um, there is no problem Actually, I got to say something. There's no police where I live. No police. The, the cartel run everything, but they run it with an iron hand, an iron fist. So if, 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 you, if you steal from somebody or you break into somebody's house, the cartel will, 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 will um, smack the heck out of you. So it, in a sense, it's safer here than it is in Woodside, where I live, Woodside, New York, in Queens, over by Jackson Heights on the uh, 61st Street, number 7 train. What I'm saying is I feel safer here than I do in New York. Yeah, well, uh, one stop up on the 7 train, 69th and Fisk, um, that area now... Boy, that's a haven for a lot of crime. So not far from where you were living. And what, What high school did you go to when you grew up there? Yeah, well, I, I, I'm, I was born in 64, so 
So um, I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, you know, I used to get off the train at 74th and Roosevelt and um, walk home to 52nd Street, and all you come across is um, like a lot of prostitution and um, stuff like that. Um, people on the street. I mean, I'm, I don't mean to, you know things have changed, but um, a lot of um, trans people and um, you know they were hookers, hookers. But they, they never gave me any problem. I never had any problem. Um, but but the point is, um, I feel much safer here with the cartel than mm. I do in Woodside. Now, do you travel beyond the compound that you live in? Do you travel throughout Mexico, or you just stay there? Um, I'm 58 years old now. I just turned 58. I've traveled all over Mexico back when I was like, 48 and 45 and 43 years old. I went all the way down south where Guatemala is, um, the state of um, um, Chiapas, and uh, also the state of uh, Oaxaca, which is the most beautiful place in Mexico. They got the best beaches, and everything is uh, uh, the the way they fabricate um, clothes and stuff like that. It's just beautiful. Mexico is a beautiful country. And the people here are beautiful people. I'm telling you, they they would give me their shirt off their the shirt off their back. Well, you know, I I've spent a lot of time there. I have guardian angels in Mexico City. You know, when you deal with the border cities uh, with the United States, you could get the wrong perception because if you go to Tijuana now or Juarez or Nuevo Laredo, they're like, I mean, that's not what Mexico is. You know where the Mayan temples are over on the east end, north of Belize? That is, like, gorgeous. I, 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 when I first came here in 95, I came through Nuevo Laredo, and I went to Zacatecas and um, uh, Monterey, and those are dangerous places today. But in 1995, they weren't so dangerous. Because you remember El Chapo, he only came to power in about '95, he started rising to power, but the cartel is is like so powerful that everybody here, that the little village I live in, they they fear they fear the cartel, which means they don't they don't want to um, hurt the tourism, and they don't want to hurt the gringos because if they do, the the, the cartel will get angry and. Um, uh, so we're kind of safe down here. There's a lot of Americans and uh, mostly Canadians wow. uh, here in here in the Vallarta area. But the, Puerto Vallarta is a bay, like San Francisco Bay. It's a bay, and, and it's a very it's the fourth largest bay in the world, and it's a very large territory. But I live in, um, I, I just happen to live in a, with the poor Well, people. I, I got to tell you, uh, I spent some time in Puerto Vallarta. It is gorgeous. I can see why they've used it for the background of movies. But now, when I was a kid, because you're pretty much my age, we would read in the geography class that you could take the Pan-American Highway right through Mexico, over the Isthmus of Panama, you know, over the canal, all the way down to the tip of Argentina and Chile. And, you know, if you could swim, you'd be able to swim to uh, Antarctica. Did you ever take the old Pan-American Highway down there? Um, No, that's a negative. No, I have not. 
But the funny thing is, um, the reason I'm, I'm living in this little village is um, a friend of mine I met in Mexico. He 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 was uh, drafted in the Vietnam War, but instead of sending him to Vietnam, they sent him to the Panama Canal, and then he went a wall, and he, he he went through Central America, and then he met a, a Mexican girl when he got to Mexico, and um, me and him became friends, and now he. He has passed away, um, but um, I'm friends with all his children, and that's why um, they let me live in their house. So, no, no, that makes so, sense. But, 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 I, but as far as the Pan American Highway, no, I didn't do that. I just um, I backpacked around Mexico in 1995, and I came across um, some people that um, let me live in their house, and um, that was like 27 years ago. So. I'm still here. I will will tell you, Kevin, ever since former Governor Jesse, the body Ventura of Minnesota, who was thought might become the second Ross Perot and run as an independent candidate for president, when he moved to Mexico and he basically talked about all the expatriates who live, whether it's uh, in the Baja down towards uh, south of Ensenada. Ensenada's okay. Or it's in the mainland. I was shocked. And then I discovered when I was down there, there are whole compounds of expatriates Americans who, again, feel safer there than they did here. And it's a much better quality of life, they say. Obviously, the temperature is pretty much the same all year round. Everything is more affordable, and they can live a little, as this gentleman, Kevin, mentioned, a little more than what Social Security provides you. Who can live on Social Security in the United States now? Nobody. And yet in Mexico, as he pointed out, a few more dollars than Social Security. Let's say you have a pension and Social Security together. You live like a king or queen. See, so often we get notions about what exists in other countries that are only tailored by America media. Because, you know, America media, everything is sensational. If it leads, it bleeds. It's The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. Is it too late for Frank Morano to say sorry? I abandoned my audience to do the morning show when he could have done both. Could have done both. I, that, man, if that was me, you don't give up your turf. You don't give up your territory. You don't give up who you are. Your national syndicated show to somebody like me, that's for sure. <laughs> you will regret that. I do double, triple, quadruple duty because of this thing of ours, which is a gift. It's not work, ladies and gentlemen. You will hear some of my colleagues. They'll say, oh, it's such hard work. Get out of here. Hard work is being out there where the hawk is talking right now. Imagine. All of a sudden, uh, somebody's plumbing goes out. Pipe bursts in the middle of a street. You know, all the pipes are 100 years old. That's hard work. What we do... No way. We should pay them for having us on the app. I don't know if I can afford that after all the child support. But they pay us. 
This is incredible. They pay us to run our mouth a mile a minute on this. And yes, I'm going to say it on the Frank Morano National Network. WABC, the Mothership Connection, the number one news talk station in the nation. And I'll bet you everybody else out there, wherever they're listening, whatever affiliates, say, oh, my God. That's like the Mecca, the Medina. That's where every talk radio show host and hostess want to be. That's where, oh, my God. That's where basically radio was created in 100 years. First WJZ, spinning stacks of wax and then talk radio. Why do we hide that? Right? What's the purpose? Who, who came up with that? Oh, don't mention that. It might offend our affiliates. Why would they be offended? It's sort of like all of a sudden you're a UHF station, right, with the rabbit ears, and now you get attached to CBS BlackRock, right, in the heyday of network TV. Oh, by the way, we're also simulcast on CBS BlackRock with Walter Cronkite. Why wouldn't you want to be attached? Shh, don't say that. It'll offend the affiliates. No, it won't. Whoever, whoever create these rules and regulate, you know they know nothing about AM radio. Nothing. Let's go to Loretta calling in Brooklyn. Your turn to be heard. Hi, Curtis. Um, I thought about something about frankincense, but first I'd like to address what you said about the ophthalmologist. Oh, yes, the one that my wife Nancy was going to, who at times is blind as a bat. Um, a couple of years ago in the beginning of this pandemic, and it was hard for me to get meals. I'm disabled, and I call God's Love We Deliver. They sent me an application, a very lengthy application, so I'm filling it out. And there were sex questions. Sex questions. I want food. I'm 75 at the time. I was about 75. I'm disabled. People were dropping off food for me. I was doing the best I could, and um, I got to a certain point. It wanted to know about, oh, about what, what was I born, okay? Um, was I born the gender I am? Uh, and, and how was I born? Where was I born? But uh, about sex, what kind of sex was I having, and how often was I having it? And I honestly felt like answering the question, Sex. What is sex? I'm 75 now. What is sex? Boy, so, that that was a pretty invasive question there. What does that have to do with your eyes? Uh, uh, not my eyes. I'm trying to get food. Oh, just food. God's love we deliver. Oh, Loretta, you should be in Buffalo now because they'd be looting as they are in East Buffalo, in West Buffalo. On jet skis, on snowmobiles, no other vehicles can make it through the streets. The governor, Kathy Crimewave Holcomb, is saying, please clear off the streets. We can't get emergency vehicles and plows through, but they can get snowmobiles through and loot stores. Even the family dollar store, how low can you go? Oh, my. Now you know why this state, why there's a mass evacuation of people from New York to Florida. In fact, Florida clocked out for the very first time as the number one choice of people across the nation to flee to Florida. And yep, I have a feeling a lot of people from Western New York, where are they going? Florida. 
This is The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. They're running a strange program, y'all. Now, here's Frank Morano. My daughter, my, the chutzpah, the huevos, the hubris of the mayor of the city of New York, Eric Adams, to decide he was going to cut loose on a three-day vacation to a place that we have determined is Montego Bay in Jamaica. And I'm not talking Jamaica in Queens. I'm talking Jamaica out in the West Indies. But how in good name did he decide, with the warning that this Arctic freeze bomb was going to hit our area and most of uh, the United States, did he decide, oh, he was entitled to a three-day vacation? And I knew we had a problem because he never mentioned it. be different if he said, you know, I've been planning this a long time. I know I just came back from a three-day vacation in Qatar. Qatar to check on their security provisions to learn from Qatarians. Oh, God, was that bull feathers. To then go on another three-day vacation, it was uh, Thursday night at approximately 6 o'clock, ladies and gentlemen, that the good ship SS Staten Island, the newest in the ferries that go back and forth, a huge boiler room fire took place. 800 passengers leaving the uh, southern tip of Manhattan, heading over to the North Shore by uh, Borough Hall. There's a fire. They're putting on life preservers. Women are crying. Children are crying. They're bringing some rowboats alongside, and they are prepared to abandon ship if necessary. And I knew right then and there, something's wrong. Matt Blaze, a man who clearly is a fugitive, a man clearly who has multiple aliases, he would have been gone, you know, because, God, the uh, the uh, local gendarme would have pinched him. But I noticed all through the night, not a photo op with Eric Adams, who probably, knowing how he is like Lenslice, would have put on one of the flotation devices and would have been in the, uh, been in the rowboat rowing. You know, to shore. Yeah, see me, Eric Adams. I'm here. I'm, I'm your everyday guy. I'm your Superman guy. And he was gone. And then all of a sudden, the next day, and I'm sitting here with Sid Rosenberg at 7.05 in the morning, as I do every Monday at 7.05. I don't know if they want me today, since Sid won't be here. And Friday at 7.05. And I'm telling Sid, while his son is here, Sid. You're living out in the Rockaways now. You know, you just moved there from the Upper West Side. I got to tell you, on the way home, you know, you're going up uh, Woodhaven Boulevard to Cross Bay Boulevard. You better stop at that Home Depot right at the end of Forest Hills. Pick yourself up a generator. Pick yourself up a pump. There's going to be water in your basement. And you better get yourself a buzzsaw in case any trees have been knocked down. They're expecting winds of 50, 60 miles an hour. Oh, Sid, what are you talking about? And his own son. Dad, we live two blocks from the ocean. Well, guess what? He couldn't even get home because they closed down the Joseph Adabo Bridge, which connects Howard Beach to Broad Channel because it was flooded out. 
And people say, well, where's the mayor? You know, is he still at Club Zero Bond? Where did he go? And all of a sudden, City Hall said, we know where he is, but we're not going to tell you. All hands on deck. We'll take care of this. We don't need Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan. So now he has earned a new moniker, a new nickname, Out of Town Adams. He returns to St. Patrick's Cathedral for the Midnight Mass. Naturally, you knew he'd be back for his very dear buddy, Cardinal O'Connor, with all the money that we shovel over to Catholic charities to take care of illegal aliens that are flooding in as we speak. It's a racket. So he shows up, and they ask him, hey, where the hell were you for three days? Oh, I was ducking the, the New York Post. What are you talking about? I mean, the man cannot even tell us where he was. Then again, you elected a guy who lived in Fort Lee <laughs> in apartment 22H. <laughs> should, you, should you be surprised? This guy, he makes problems for himself. All he had to do was have a press conference. You know, I know there's a, a cyclone uh, uh, freezing bomb that's going to hit us, worse than has ever occurred. But I got to get out of here. I got to get out of here. In the words of the greatest talk radio host in all uh, in all of this medium's invention from Marconi, we say the Italians did it, not Tesla, the Serbians. As uh, Bob Grant, the king of talk radio, would say, I got to get out of here. I got to get out of here. And he did. And nobody would say where he went until somebody ratted him out. That's right. And now all of a sudden he's gone quiet. It's like he's taking a chill pill. Sal Albanese, former uh, city councilman from the Bay Ridge area, uh, tweeted out that, hey, Eric Adams is in Jamaica. And I don't mean South Queens. Jamaica. And then following on that lead, I did the deep dive and I saw, oh, Cardi B is there. The hip hop monsters are there. So if you declared yourself to be the hip hop mayor, where would you be? Right there in Montego Bay with all of them. We have a hip-hop mayor. Yeah, enjoying yourself. Meantime, the emergency was here. And I told folks out in the Rockaways, Broad Channel, Howard Beach, they voted for me, not Eric Adams. You see, you're crackers. <laughs> you're crackers. What do you matter? He, I don't need them to get elected mayor. So you know what you got? You got Ugats. You got Bupkis. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Matt Blaze, let's crank up his real theme music, as was done by Eddie Murphy years ago. When Eddie Murphy was up near Orange, that's right, Orchard Park, he was learning how to sing by Rick James, Mr. Buffalo, right? Imagine if they were up there right now. Uh, they'd be stuck in their mansion at Orchard Park, which is where they're building the new Bills Stadium, which is the, where the old Bills Stadium is. And they'd be getting reports that there are guys looting the stores in East Buffalo and West Buffalo on snowmobiles. And what is Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb saying? The governor with her super commandante of the state police. That's misinformation. There's only been two Two stores that have been looted. Meantime, I'm looking at this thread. This, this, the stream here. They're on their snowmobiles. They're looting stores in West Buffalo, East Buffalo. Meantime, she's going, please, 
All the snowmobiles have to get off the streets because we can't get our emergency service vehicles through in our plows. Police vehicles can't get through. Fire department vehicles can't get through. But you know that what can get through? Looters on their snowmobiles. And they even hit the family dollar store. How low can you go, right? Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Coming up, Frank Morano has texted me, uh, I don't know how many times, could you please let everybody know that I will be uh, substitute hosting the morning show from 6 to 10 for Sid Rosenberg and Friends. Meantime, he abandoned this ship. But it's okay. I'm Captain Bly. You want to pull a mutiny here, Matt Blaze? Go ahead. Pull a mutiny. All right, see, Noam Layden is warming up in the bullpen out there from Jersey City. He's ready to do the hour news from 5 to 6. And then it'll be Frank Morano with no friends in or whatever. Now, there's another story out there that the media, they just don't want Like Noam Layden and everybody else, Frankie Diaz, they, they don't want to tell you the truth of what's going on here. They've run this story four days in a row. A 60-year-old Rockland County pediatrician was stabbed to death before his body was discovered early Friday inside a sprawling Harlem Park. First of all, it's not sprawling. It's Marcus Garvey Park. It's like a very small park, and it's right before you hit 125th Street. So he's in the park at 2.15 in the morning. And they say, well, there's no weapon found at the crime scene. The victim suffered multiple stab wounds to the body and was pronounced dead at the scene. The ground nearby was scattered with condoms in a section of the park linked in the past to flagrant drug use, drug sales, and male prostitution. So here it is. You're a 60-year-old Rockland County pediatrician in Marcus Garvey Park at 2.15 in the morning, Cruising, you're looking for male sex. Why can't you say that? And then you find out there are no security cameras inside the 20-acre park, and police were now hunting video that possibly caught the victim entering the park before his death. Why is there a rule not to have cameras in parks? This was a rule that was implemented by Comrade Bill de Blasio, the part-time mayor, the dope from Park Slope, who single-handedly took a wrecking ball to the city that we love. He said he forbade there to be cameras in parks. Why? Why? Now, the reason they're not in Marcus Garvey is because it's a cruising area for gay guys. The reason it wouldn't be in the Rambles in Central Park is because where gay guys cruise. Prospect Park, similarly, I want cameras in the parks. There are all kinds of crimes being committed in our parks. It's a haven, a sanctuary for drug dealing, drug use, holdups, robberies. Now, just because this guy went cruising for a gay guy to have sex doesn't mean you should get a beatdown, a robbery, or be slashed in your throat, stabbed, and killed. How are we going to find the guy who did it? If you had cameras, hey, you think, you think, you think? Can anybody come up with a rationale why we don't have these big cameras on in the parks attached to the various poles or even in some cases the trees in the area? 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. 
I would hope some of the reporters, upon Eric Adams' return from Jamaica, Montego Bay, would ask him that. Or more importantly, just stick it to him and ask him why you decided to go on a three-day soiree to Jamaica in the midst of this weather emergency that was being forecast correctly a week ago. You decided to just pick up and go. Now you won't tell anybody. Vis-a-vis the way Bloomberg used to do it. So pretentious, so obstinate, so obnoxious. I don't have to tell you where I'm going. We know where you're going every weekend to Bermuda. And then there was that one weekend. Ah, the blizzard came, right? <laughs> and he couldn't get back. And who did he leave in, tar- in charge? The guy he hired to be a deputy mayor who couldn't find his way around the city even if he had a map in his hands. A guy named Goldschmidt who had been mayor of Indianapolis. He was supposed to be on post in New York City. You know where he went? That weekend he went down to Georgetown in Washington where he had a townhouse. He, was, he wasn't around. And then there's Bloomberg coming back mumbling and stumbling. Well, you know, I have a private life. You have a private life? Good. Enjoy your freaking private life. You want to be mayor, you're on call 24-7-365. Well, I have a private life. Yeah, of course. Who asked you to run for mayor? I mean, this guy was just in Qatar. Oh, I'm in Qatar for three days because I have to research security from Qatarians. What? <laughs> now, another three days in Jamaica. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's one 800 848 9222. Can I say WABC? It is the uh, flagship station of the Frank Morano Network. You think I could say the number one news talk station? Will that offend the affiliates? Of course it won't. Who came up with that rule? How stupid was that? And then, right before he just picked up and decided to leave for three days, he gave a year ending interview to Vanity, Vanity Fair. And you know what he said in Vanity Fair? Get this. When someone says, is it difficult being mayor of the city of New York? He goes, I'll tell you this. The job is not hard. Of course. It ain't hard when you party all the time. You cut ribbons. And you go away on three-day vacations and soirees. You go to restaurants at night starting at 9 o'clock. Your friends that are crooks, that are convicted felons. You get free meals for you and your posse. Then you go to the Club Zero Bond, a private club. Whatever happens in Club Zero Bond stays in Club Zero Bond. Yeah, that, yeah, that, that's not working hard. Right, right. Used to be when, when we were kids, we were growing up, what did they tell us? Toughest job in America is being president of the United States. Second toughest job is being mayor of the city of New York. Now, you can forget that with Joe Biden. Half the time he's in his basement. God only knows what he's doing in his basement, right? But he ain't working. And now, after eight years of the slacker, the deadbeat, the Nordwell, comrade Bill de Blasio, the part-time mayor of the dope from Park Slope, who wouldn't start his day until about 12 midday, and he'd end it at 8 o'clock at night, smoking that Maui Wowie and Hindu Kush on the back porch of Gracie Mansion with his old lady, Charlene. Puff, puff, pass. Now we got Eric Adams, who says, oh, the job is not hard. Yeah, because obviously, half the time, you're not doing the job of being mayor. There are homeless people in the streets, homeless people in the subways, freezing their tochas off. 
And where's the mayor? Oh, oh, oh. By the way, after the mayor finally got back, 12 midnight for the uh, Christmas uh, Eve mass, Cardinal uh, Dolan, Cardinal Dolan gave the uh, homily. Uh, Let's see, it was seven hours ago on his thread. He was giving uh, instructions on how to make stuffing. But here was the most important element he was teaching. Could you give us a few of these? Because I think our taxpayers need to know that our mayor, in the midst of this weather emergency, with migrants arriving as we speak, illegal aliens at the Port Authority, and other three buses couldn't make it here uh, in the snow, so they were dropped off at the Naval Observatory outside of Vice President Giggles (laughs) Harris's house in Washington, D.C., Could you sort of play for us some of what Eric Adams was teaching us just hours ago at Gracie Mansion? Welcome to What's Cooking NYC. This is uh, the home of Gracie Mansion right in my kitchen. I'm going to learn vegan stuffing. We have an amazing chef and we're going to get stuffing done. Healthy stuffing for you and your family. We got stuffing done. Enjoy. Plant-based. This probably, my fa- probably my favorite is this apple pie my mom used to make. It's one of, one of the favorite times of the year. That's so special. Yeah, it was. It was. This was at 7 o'clock Sunday night. He had the chef robe on. I don't know if he was Bobby Flay. I don't know who he was pretending to be. But he was playing chef at Gracie Mansion. Now, you need to know he doesn't spend his nights at Gracie Mansion. He spends his nights across the street from the United Nations, a 90-store building named in honor of Trump. It's a Trump building. And he goes in there, and he doesn't come out until early in the morning. Now, is he knocking boots in there? I don't know. Maybe I'll go knocking on the doors and find out. But the point is, he's not... At the mayor's house, and we're paying for that. And then he, he does chef lessons. What, what else was he teaching us at, at 7 o'clock on uh, Sunday night? Ooh, welcome to What's Cooking NYC. This is uh, the home of Gracie Mansion, right in my kitchen. I'm going to learn vegan stuffing. We have an amazing chef, and we're going to get stuffing done. Healthy stuffing for you and your family. We got stuffing done. Enjoy. Plan. Probably my favorite is this apple pie my mom used to make. It's one of one of the favorite times of the year. That's so special. Yeah, it was. It was. Was he Emeril Lagasse? By the way, and then he wants to teach everybody how to survive. You know, times are tough. It's Biden inflation. Although he's the Biden of Brooklyn, he knows that grocery prices are up. So for a family of four, he has a way to help all New Yorkers. No, a bag of lentils. You can make lentil burgers, lentil stew. Uh, You can make lentil soup. Uh, That bag of lentil only costs you $3 a bag, and it can feed a family of four for a couple of days. What? A family of four for a couple of days? I'm assuming a couple of days is two, maybe three, right? Let's see, three, six, maybe nine meals, family of four. I think we should, I think we should try it on Frank Morano, his house. You have 
the youngster Carmine, you have Rachel, and you have Frank. And you always have a friend of his dropping over, so that makes four. I think we should uh, get Frank today, after he finishes the morning show at 10, a $3 bag of lentils and see if um, Rachel can make, hmm, that's nine meals for four on a total of $9. No, $3. Remember, you said one bag, $3 bag. Gee whiz. And then my husband-in-law... David Patterson is my husband-in-law, and he is the stepfather of my oldest son, Anthony. Uh, he came to the aid of Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, who has a new nickname, which is Out of Town Adams. He said, you know, to the New York Times, of course, he goes, there is certainly an attempt to make elected black officials, particularly those who became executives like mayors and governors, to make them look not serious at all. Former Governor Patterson said in an interview, white leaders were rarely scrutinized so closely over where they ate or how they dressed. Governor David Patterson said it's an effort to reduce the competence of the leader. I guess it's a black thing. You know, his complexion is his protection. So he's giving cover to Eric Adams. Hey. David Patterson, wherever you are out there, did you ever hear Jimmy Walker, white, Irish, dressed for success, customized suits, hung out with flappers in the old speakeasies to the break of dawn, and was so corrupt, they had to run him out on an ocean liner all the way to Paris, France, and he hasn't been seen since. Only black people. What about Jimmy Walker, huh? What a stunard, huh? Playing the race card, playing the race card, giving cover to Eric Adams, who now has a new nickname, <laughs> out-of-town Adams, and the illegal aliens keep swarming in, keep swarming in. But, you know, he's not alone. He's not alone, ladies and gentlemen. First off, there was uh, his mentor, Michael Bloomberg. He was elected to two terms, and then he stole four years, Mr. Term Limits. Remember, he was in Bermuda, as he was each and every weekend, uh, what was it, January of 2011, when the blizzard hit, right? And he came back, and he, no apologies, I'm Michael Bloomberg, I could buy you and sell you. Oh, I loved it when Elizabeth Warren eviscerated him on that presidential stage after he spent a billion dollars. She cut off his three-piece set and stuffed it in his mouth twice. I hate Bloomberg. You know what Eric Adams said about Michael Bloomberg? At a uh, philanthropy was having its annual dinner. Actually, a very good philanthropy, the Fortune Society, tries to find uh, work, gainful employment for men and women who have been incarcerated. So Eric Adams introduced uh, the uh, uh, main beneficiary, was uh, Michael Bloomberg, and he said, Michael Bloomberg is like Jesus when he walked across the Sea of Galilee. Boy, you caught kissing Tukas, right? How, ma- how many bloomy dollars was he getting? And then, of course, how can we ever forget Shamu El Hefe, Chris Christie. The date was December 28th of 2010. The blizzard hit hard. They were on the tarmac at Newark International Airport. There was, there was Shamu El Hefe, Chris Christie. And his uh, olive oil wife, Pat, and their four children. And they were supposed to go away for a week to Orlando 
for vacation. And uh, Chris Christie, who is the maid tag to his wife, she wore the pants in the family, said, Pat, I think I should stay. You know, there's a blizzard on the way. It's already snowing. And she said, you are coming with us or else. Yes, dear. Yes, dear. So he's down in Orlando, and he's the same bull feathers. Oh, but I was on the phone with my staff. You know, meantime, his lieutenant governor, Kim Guadango, Guadango, whatever the hell her name is. No, Guadango, that's what she was. She was on a cruise in the Gulf of Mexico, right? Missing in action. So a week later, he comes back. He lands at Allentown International Airport. I never knew they had an international airport in Allentown. And they had plows plowing him all the way. Shamu Alefe Chris Christie through Easton, across the bridge, through Phillipsburg to Trenton. A week later, did he ever apologize? Forget about it. Like, if, if they don't want to be here, if they don't want to be here in emergencies, then quit your job. That's what the job requires. He's not alone. Remember Ted Cruz, February of uh, 2021. He wanted to be a good dad, and he went on that family trip uh, to Cancun. As the reservoirs were nearly empty, there was a cold snap, no electricity in Texas. It was frozen tundra, and he abandoned ship, and then he came back and he said, Well, I I wanted to be a good dad. And then, of course, uh, more recently, there was uh, Mayor Suarez of Miami, who fancies himself as the first Latino president of the United States Republican over my dead body. He basically plays Zorro with his sword with Eric Adams fighting over who's going to attract more of the cryptocurrency Ponzi schemers, the Bitcoin bandits and the blockchain criminals to house themselves in Miami with no transparency. That's what Eric Adams wants. So he was up here in New York when the hurricane hit down in Florida. Trying to remember, what was that? Hurricane Ida, I believe it was. So, no, Hurricane Ian. Hurricane Ian smashes into Florida. And where is Suarez? He's up here in New York getting wine dined in pocket line by Bitcoin bandits. And then he's having forums. And I happen to attend one. And uh, Matt Blaze, um, I being the Weisenheimer, asks uh, Mayor Suarez, you have a drug problem in Miami. No drug problem. I said, excuse me, in Liberty City, uh, Carroll Gardens, uh, uh, Overtown, you have no drug problem. No drug problem. Somebody else asked him, you have a fentanyl problem? No fentanyl problem. And this guy wants to be president of the United States and leaves Florida as Hurricane Ian is a day away ready to smash it. No, it's... Two birds of a feather. They flock together. Suarez, the Republican. Eric Adams, the Democrat. They love Bitcoin bandits. They love blockchain criminals. They love cryptocurrency Ponzi scammers. They want to be the capital of this white-collar criminal empire. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. It's the other side of midnight with Frank Morano. Like a bunch of rose. If I ever tell you about Maxine, you only say I don't know what I know, but Mer- 
Jamaica, three days, Montego Bay with Cardi B and the rappers, Hip Hop Monsters. You believe this? Hey, Eric Adams, I hope you're listening now. You're a blood clad, you're a Yankee boy, you're a rude man. We have a hip hop man. Yeah, you're the hip hop man. Well, then hang out with the hip hop monsters, huh? Gonna be the mayor. You stay here. There's an emergency going on. And then all of a sudden, I'm not gonna tell you where I am. What is this? What are we playing? Three-card Molly? Guess which West Indian island you're hanging out in? Sal Albanese already ratted you out. Tweeted out. Now all of a sudden he's taking the coat of a murder. How do you know, Sal? Well, I heard. I heard. And then I did the deep dig. And some of the brothers coughed it up real quick, man. Real quick. Oh, yeah. You haven't been to Flatbush in a while, man. They gave you up real quick, Eric. Anyway, let's go to Robert, who's calling from Manhattan. Uh, your turn to be heard here. The hawk is talking. It's cold out there, Robert. Good morning, Curtis. How are you? <sighs> yeah, everything's well. I'll tell you what. Let's skip that. You think it's cold here. You know what it is out in Cheyenne, Wyoming? 62 below. Whoa. Yeah. Seven feet of snow. A friend of mine lives in Moscow. Not Russia, but Idaho. He says seven feet of snow on the main interstate out there. Oh, they'll use that as an excuse for not solving the murder of those four students. Yeah, well, (laughs) I'm not sure where that's going either, although I've heard some interesting tidbits. A couple of nights ago, you had me in stitches, absolutely in stitches, when you were doing the wonderful Lou Monty, and you played, of course, Dominic, the Christmas donkey, and then, and then, and then we're getting to the good part, when you introduced us to Pepino and Topo... uh, uh, Gijo. Gijo. And I thought to myself, my God, here are these two intelligent, clever mice. And I said to myself, I wonder if Curtis knows their distant cousin, a very well-known mouse of international fame known as Speedy Gonzalez. You know, who, of course, was played by Mel Blanc, whom I met once. At a nostalgic convention. Wow! But I look. I, I never I, knew that. No, it's uh, yeah, that's true. By the way, would you remind me again? Gomer Pyle, not Goober. I don't know who played Goober. The gas. Who played Gomer Pyle again? J- uh, what was it? Jim uh, Neighbors. What? Oh, Jim Neighbors. Is this the same Jim? Na- Wait a minute. Uh, maybe I'm getting confused. Did Jim Neighbors also play Mr. Magoo and Thurston Howell the Third on Gilligan's Island, or am I thinking of somebody else? Oh, let me give you. Let me give you. That was uh, Jim Backus. Uh, oh, Jim Backus. You're right. right you're right. Let me give you a little uh, dose of Jim Neighbors in uh, Goma Pile USMC as he was being screamed at by uh, Gunnery Sergeant uh, Vince Carter. Okay. You remember that, Robert? 
Yeah, surprise, surprise, surprise. Now yeah, that was him. I got it. Now I got an interesting one of your callers. I lo- the caller who called from Mexico. Uh, he had a lot of interesting things to say. Yes. But in in his conversation with you, he used a word which I frankly find a bit uh, uh, not offensive, but it disquieting. He used the word gringo. You happen to know? You're a historian. You you've read history. You happen to know where that term came from? I do. Well, I said I'm thinking of the movie Sierra Madre, Humphrey Bogart, and then the Federale who said to him, I don't need no stinking badge, you gringo. Is that correct? No, 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 no. That word, okay. The story that has been bandied about, and I don't know if this is apocryphal or not, uh, during the war that we call the Mexican-American War from 1846 to 48, in which Zachary Taylor uh, ran, eventually became president for two years, and then came Phil Millard Fillmore, who nobody knows anything he did. But in any case, uh, the Mexican-American War was a war that most historians will say was started by a combination of the Manifest Destiny crowd who wanted Mexico, New Mexico, half of Colorado, Arizona, and all the Southwest, and the slaveocrats in the Senate. They wanted more territory for, for it to be slave states. The American soldiers who went down there sang a lot, and they sang a lot of songs, and many of them were Irish-Americans, some of whom, by the way, jumped ship and went and fought for the Mexicans. They were known as the St. Patrick's Brigade or the San Patricios. They're still considered heroes in Mexico. But many of the men sang a song called Green Grow the Lilacs. It's a beautiful love song. Mm. And the Mexicans heard this, and they heard it a lot. Green Grow the Lilacs, Green Grow the Lilacs. So it turns out that according to a Mexican folklorist that I met six months ago out in the Pacific Northwest, it's quite possible that they took the term green groves and and it became gringos. Now, I don't know if that's true or not. Well, 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 let me me speed you up towards uh, Pancho Villa and his bandits Ah. coming across the border into New Mexico, uh, rustling. Columbus, New New Mexico. Uh, Rustling. yeah, they raided, they raided the town. They killed 18 Americans. And because of that, President Woodrow Wilson dispatched an American army under Black Jack Pershing. By the way, you know who was one of Black Pershing's lieutenants in that conflict? Was that General MacArthur? No, George Patton. Ah, Patton. Okay, you George got me. Patton. Now, question. On yes. their way back to Mexico, what was the song that Pancho Villa and his men were singing? Not La Cucaracha. Yes, La Cucaracha. And do you now, know what it meant? Very, yeah, now here's the interesting thing. I've done a lot of research about that. Originally, that was a song making fun of some of the heads of Mexico. Madera, Carranza, Huerta. Yeah, the, the, the chorus is supposed to, there were two choruses to the song. La Cucaracha, La Cucaracha, que no puede caminar, porque no tiene, porque no tiene marihuana que fumar. That's not the original. The original lyrics were, La Cucaracha, La Cucaracha, que no puede caminar, because he can't walk. Porque le faltan, porque le faltan sus patitas atrás, his back feet. Um, No, they have not taken over yet, ladies and gentlemen. I do realize that there is a wave of illegal aliens that have come across the border, and soon English will be a secondary language. As you can see, it's already impacted on Robert, who uh, I guess uh, thought he was uh, speaking on Radio Wado.
Now, the true meaning of La Cucaracha. After they uh, plummeted and raided across the border in New Mexico, they snuck back across Mexico as Americans were seeking them out to hang them from the nearest tree. Pancho Villa and his men, La Cucaracha, is they were smoking roaches. Did you know that, Matt, Matt Blaze? They were smoking roaches. Weed. Now, maybe, just maybe, the swagger man with no plan, Eric Adams, who has now earned a new moniker, a new nickname, Out of Town Adams. First being in Qatar for three days, and now we know where he is, although he won't acknowledge Jamaica. He's probably saying he was sampling the ganja for the brand new first opening in the Lower East Side of the legal weed store Thursday, December 29th at... What time? 4.20. So that will be his excuse. I had to go into Trenchtown. I had to deal with the infamous shower posse. And I had to negotiate a price for their ganja. I had to do puff, puff, pass. Because remember, I wasn't going to subject my constituents to smoking reefer that may have been tainted with salmonella. E. coli, metals, or pesticides. And we dedicated that to Bob Marley, One Love. Yeah, he'll come up with that kind of BS excuse as to why he was in Jamaica. He was not in Trenchtown. He would never deal with the shower posse. I've dealt with them in uh, England, Wandsworth, where they stabbed me right there in the... Uh, they call that, uh, it's not a public housing project. They call that a council estate. They stabbed me. They ended up getting uh, off to St. Mary's Casualty uh, Ward. No, no, not an asylum, you know, because I, they say crazy Americano. No, no, no. They stitched me up, micro stitches. And then I said, oh, my God, what's the bill? Lucky day for you, American. National Health Service, you don't pay a penny. I said, oh, man. I would have had to get a payday loan just to pay for the one day in that hospital. Love those Brits, not. So I am predicting that Eric Adams was in Montego Bay, ratted out by Sal Albanese, the former councilman, ate the Parmesan cheese, and now he's gone quiet. Now, maybe Frank Morano, his very dear friend, will get Sal Albanese on in the morning show. Uh, Frank will be substituting from 6 to 10. Boy, that would be a coup, a score. If Frank Morano got on Sal Albanese, the man who ratted out the mayor as to where his locale was on vacation. I filled in the rest. Cardi B, rappers, hanging out there, sampling the ganj, trenched down from the shower posse, claiming that he had to make sure that we were only selling the good stuff in the first ever legal recreational use of marijuana shop licensed by the state of New York that will open up on the Lower East Side in the big L-E-S Thursday, December 29th. Mark it down on your calendar at 420. And do you know the significance, Matt Blaze, at 420? Of course you do. But you want to act like you're uh, 
you're oblivious, right? Yeah, puff, puff, pass. You, you'd probably be blazing away on a big fatty on 420. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. It's The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. It's a 24-hour city. When I go out, I am patronizing my restaurants, my hotels, my dishwashers, my cooks. I go visit this 24-hour city. This is not a 9-to-5 city. This is a city that never sleeps, so the mayor should not be taking a nap. My mayor wants to party all the time, party all the time, party all the time. My mayor wants to party all the time, party all the time. My mayor wants to party all the time, party all the time, party all the time. My mayor wants to party all the time, party all the time. He parties all the time. Go to zero bond. I'm going to enjoy life. I'm a nightlife kind of mayor, so I got to stand for the product. Ah. It was a great parody by Chris Libertini. The only positive words I've given him all weekend long. I'll say what I have to say to him when he comes in later on today. But I think it is incumbent upon Frank Morano, who will be hosting the morning show from 6 to 10, substituting for Sid Rosenberg and friends, that he reach out to his very dear friend who ratted out the mayor in terms of where he went on his vacation that they will not reveal to us where he went. Sal Albanese, who tweeted out, he's in Jamaica. And that's not South Queens. Think he could come up with it? Come on. Get him, Frank. Meantime, there are friends and felons of Eric Adams. Now his new moniker, his new nickname, Out of Town Adams. Little music maestro. Because we have to talk about his spiritual advisor. The bling-bling Bishop Lamore Whitehead. As you know, the bling-bling Bishop Lamore Whitehead has mansions galore all throughout the tri-state area at his constituents' expense. Has a Rolex watch that will knock your eyeballs out, but claims that he is doing the work of God. And you know, he had his uh, Glory of God Global Ministry... Right there on Remsen Avenue, Foster Avenue, in Canarsie, where I grew up. And recently he was arrested for extortion and racketeering against one of his parishioners, shaking them down as he has so many years. Remember, he did federal time for identity theft years ago. But in typical uh, Eric Adams uh, tradition, he always says, look, I mentor. I mentor felons who are now my friends. Can you believe this? This is about as low as you can go. The bling-bling bishop, Lamore Whitehead, got into a real estate battle with another church, another church, and booted its congregation out of its house of worship just before Christmas. Scrooge. Whitehead had a work crew change the locks on this church on Foster Avenue near East 59th Street in what the church's lawyer, Nicholas Yokos, referred to as one of the most brazen, illegal commercial lockouts I've seen in over a decade of practice. 
Whitehead oversaw the work personally, accompanied by NYPD officers. Now, why were members of the 69th Precinct going in to padlock this church with um, Bishop Whitehead? Got to ask, what were the cops doing with him? He just got arrested by the U.S. Attorney in the Eastern District. And they're hanging out with him? Oh, my God. Whitmore said to the parishioners, get the hell out of this building and get out now. This is mine. And none of you should be squatting here. And then he threw the church's belongings and furniture into dumpsters. Whitehead said, look, I bought this property fair and square at an auction. And I told your pastor that you got to find another place to cop a squat and to have your church sessions. And they said, but, but Bishop Whitehead, it's Christmas. Please let us get through Christmas. Bah humbug Christmas. You're out in the street. Says the friends of, uh, of Eric Adams. Swagger man with no plan who now has a new moniker, a new nickname. Out-of-town Adams. Padre Filium Spiritum Santum. After three days of being on a vacation in Montego Bay, he arrived to sit in the celebrity pew, the first pew of St. Patrick's Cathedral, for the midnight Christmas mass conducted by Cardinal Dolan, who has done business with the city through Catholic charities. We've paid close to a billion dollars to uh, ferry illegal aliens from El Paso and Eagle Pass in Texas up to the city of New York, provide them with three hots and a cot, free optical, free dental, free everything, free Obama phones. We're paying that. A billion dollars, tax dollars, secular money, goes to Catholic charities overseen by Cardinal Dolan, and the money keeps flowing. It's a racket. Meantime, let me uh, let me give you an update. On the other side of Brooklyn, uh, the other side of the state is Buffalo. And as you know, it's been three days. They've been, uh, can I say, under the weather, pounded by snow, ice, and sleet coming off of Lake Erie. Governor Crime Wave Holcomb has conducted a press conference. I'm going to give you an update. With her El Comandante, superintendent of all state police from Albany, who has uh, rushed to her side in Buffalo to discount all the video that we have been talking about all night. The documentary evidence is there. There is looting in the east side of Buffalo along Bailey Avenue and now the west side of Buffalo. They're hitting family dollar stores. They're hitting wig stores. They're hitting liquor stores. They're hitting... Uh, sneaker stores, they're hitting jewelry stores, and they're on snowmobiles. Thugs and thugettes are on snowmobiles, and she's putting out a plea to them. She's saying, please, you got to clear off the roads, get off the roads. We can't get emergency vehicles through because you're too busy looting the stores in your snowmobiles. We can't get police cars in. We can't get fire trucks in. We can't get plows through there. 
instead of coming to the microphone and simply doing what a governor ought to do. I am giving you two hours to clear the streets of East Buffalo and West Buffalo where looting, looting is now rampant. If you don't leave in two hours, if you loot, we shoot. If you loot, we shoot. Instead, Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb is saying, well, you know, they've been stuck in their homes for three days. Maybe they ran out of basic amenities. Maybe they ran out of bread, cheese, and butter, and milk. So I can understand why they may have been driven to this point where they're taking cans and smashing it through the windows while riding around on their snowmobiles. Like, where the hell did they get snowmobiles from? They're siphoning gas, right, from parked cars. And they're riding all over East and West Buffalo like they own the streets. No cops. No fire trucks. No emergency service vehicles with plows. Why? Because they're looting. Florida is now the destination state in the nation. As of January 1st, more people will have fled to Florida than any other state in the nation. First time they've ever achieved that in DeSantis land. And what is the state that has lost the most population from Buffalo to Brooklyn, from Plattsburgh to Bingington, New York State? A half a million people have fled. And I am telling you, after this snow has devastated western New York, Buffalo, Rochester, and Monroe County, and Erie County, right on up to Niagara Falls, Niagara County, I guarantee you, you're going to see a caravan of people packing their bags and fleeing and heading to either Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, the new hotspot, Georgia, Florida, Texas, Tennessee, or parts unknown. And Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb, instead of threatening the looters by saying, if you loot, we shoot, she instead has decided to, in a mamsy-pamsy way, somehow justify their looting. And the El Comandante, superintendent of the state police, has said, no, no, you got it all wrong. The threat is wrong. The videos are wrong. The YouTube videos are wrong. There's only two stores that were hit. My God, how low do you go when you start looting family dollar stores? I mean, how low do you go? Anyway, up next, it's our hour of news with our news director at WABC. That's right, I said WABC, Noam Layden. And then Frank Morano who will be substituting for Sid Rosenberg, 6 to 10. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to prioritygold.com. 